every time I come in the kitchen. You in the kitchen. Damn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Morning Dinner Podcast. It's your boy, Keem. And Chuck, what up? And we host the Morning Dinner Podcast, which is a podcast based out of Las Vegas, where we sit down and have conversations, interviews, and just, you know, kind of shoot the shit with uh, local artists, entrepreneurs, and creatives and hustlers. And today we got B. Rose in the house. What up? What up, B. Rose? How's your day going so far? It's good. Just waking up. It's a a lovely Saturday Saturday day, right? Yeah. Saturday day. We usually usually like to film these episodes on on the weekdays, but I was out out of town all week. Today is the day we make it happen. Making it happen. For those who don't know, real quick, uh, can you let the people know who you are and what you do out here? Yeah, I'm a Vegas-based singer-songwriter. Uh, soul R&B you know but yeah that's what I do <laughs> how long have you been making music for um I started performing with my band about like five to six years ago so and I met John my partner I met him in uh, high school at LVA so I started okay. singing out there wait John John went to LVA yeah yeah like when you say John is you talking about Scott Dam Scott Dam Scott Dam <laughs> the, the music producer yeah he's yeah. out here in Vegas too he's supposed to be Killing here with it. us today but he wasn't unable to make it yeah he's um, a busy man but yeah so you've been making music for five six years five six years yeah like releasing music and stuff okay mm-hmm. and it's all been original music right yeah yeah no I we've filmed some covers like back in the day but everything i've released like i've wrote uh and and yeah yeah how do you how do you feel about like the whole industry of like a cover artist or like people who just make covers and upload them to youtube as opposed to making their own original music you know it's interesting because i feel like a lot of those people like have gained a lot of success just because like youtube is so huge so i think i don't think there's anything wrong with it i'm just personally like i i need to write Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i i don't feel right singing covers all the time like i love to do a cover like if we have a live show you know throw some covers in and try to be original but yeah for me i just need to write i don't know but i think i commend all the people that have done covers because they people are like touring yeah you know just from youtube success who's that who's that girl that on youtube that does like all the covers um uh, uh, madeline bailey do you know who she is no i don't know oh Mm -mm. she's she's killing it like really? but yeah but she she does covers of other people's songs but like she has her own unique sound to it right and right now she, she she's on tour like doing her See? own music i'm telling so, you like, I like that it yeah. could set you up for real like yeah. you, people are getting discovered like that way a yeah. lot you know and yeah. i think it's awesome especially when you can make it original i think yeah. you know oh uh, real quick you might just want to move the microphone a little bit closer oh yeah mm-hmm. there we go get that crispy quality <laughs> sound <going>. yeah <laughs> okay so um so you've been mu- making music five six years yeah um that, that's that's actually not a a long amount of time for the amount of stuff that you've accomplished oh that's so uh, nice of you because i because i the first time i heard about you was when everybody was on instagram and they were posting like oh b rose is performing at life is beautiful oh i was like really? oh, damn. i was like i was like who is this and then i look you up and i'm like god damn that voice yeah thank you have you have you been have you been singing longer or less than you've been writing yeah no i've definitely been singing longer uh i grew up my parents are both musicians so okay. i grew up in a you know music house household and in high school at LVA that's when I started singing by myself I was in choir all all four years but I started like taking vocal jazz and I was like ooh like my sing- my teacher was like you can't sing classical like stick to jazz yeah. R&B like y- you need to stick to that and so I started writing a little bit after high school uh, and yeah so, so I've been singing my whole life so jazz is that is that kind of like like skit scat or was yeah, it yeah scatting oh, I was wow. singing like Ella Fitzgerald from Sinatra yeah but it helped me like like singing that style because it's so free form and like improv I it helped me start writing too and like get comfortable like writing melodies and stuff mm-hmm. that's what helped me jazz for sure so 
Yeah. Nice. It's crazy how jazz has like a lot of help in a lot of different types of it's music, like hip hop. Yeah. Um, just <clears throat> jazz influence in almost everything. No, it's crazy. And I feel like people like look over it and they don't give it as much credit, Mm-mm. you know, or they're like, oh, jazz, like whatever. But I'm like, it, it just has like such a solid foundation. And I just love it because it shows you that you don't have to stick to like w- the meter. The always. same melody. You know, like you can mess around. You can jump around. Yeah. You can do some sporadic stuff. Yeah. Experimental. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, so you, your name is Brittany, but you go by B Rose. Yeah. I changed that. Like after life is beautiful. I think I was like, mm, I like it just sounded a little corny. So I was like, B Rose, we're just gonna uh, keep it like that. Where, but where, where did that come from? That My dad. Your, your dad? Yeah. He called me that like growing up. He just be like B Rose, but like as a joke. Yeah. And then my bandmates were like, yo, that's kind of tight. Like you should keep that. I think that's kind of like a cool little meaning behind it too. Cause if you think yeah. about it, like, like B Rose, like, like B Brittany Rose, she rose up. You oh, know what I mean? Ooh, oh, I damn. Know. Think, okay. think about it. I don't know if that's a word, rose. No, I like it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Is I'm it down. a rose? Because you think about it, you say like somebody's rising. Why right. is if somebody already they rose? rose up. Or, yeah. yeah. I no, think it's a, a rose. Uh, oh, I don't know. No, I'm saying it's also a flower too. Like, you know, like. Yeah, rose. I know what yeah. you mean. Like, yeah. it budded, it grew. I'm just saying you can give it a double meaning. I know. I'm, I've never thought of that. I like Dig that deep. a lot. <laughs> um, wait, how old were you when you realized that you could sing? Um, and did you have any insecurities when you first started singing? Oh, I'm still insecure as hell. <laughs> really? Um, oh yeah. Um, when I, I think like I was, a, it was like Christmas and at, at my grandma's and I was like 10 and I started singing like opera, like as a joke. And my mom was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, and it wasn't necessarily like a perfect voice or anything. It was just like big. Like I've always just had a really loud voice. So then I was like, okay, like I, I think I have, like I can sing in some way, but now I need to learn how to control it. And so then in high school I was like, okay, now I need to like focus on technique and learn how to breathe correctly and all that but yeah insecurity I don't know I think singing is just so vulnerable like you know when you're playing an instrument it's like if you play the wrong note it, the instrument you're playing the wrong note on the instrument but when you're singing it's like you if you fuck up like it's you so I've always been super insecure um and I'm a bigger woman and like performing is intense you know yeah, so but yeah. I try to keep confident and nowadays it's easier because there are a lot of different types of artists but mm-hmm. yeah uh how I mean how, how did you how did you go about finding your style because like i know there's i know so many people who have such good voices for singing mm. but they don't know what kind of music they should be making they don't know like right you know because either they're not songwriters or or they whatever. fall like on a generic path or something like yeah that. or you know like how because your, your your sound i feel is very unique and it's mm-hmm. too unique to you. your own voice like how did you how did you go about finding like okay this is the kind of music that i want to make as opposed to i'm gonna go make pop music or right you know. i mean i think all music has growth. Like if you listen to like my early, early shit, like it sounds completely different. So I didn't know what I was doing really at first. Like I just wanted to write and I was writing from my heart. I usually just can't, like I usually have to write from personal experience. So that's how I started just writing. And I didn't think too much about style, but my voice was, has always sounded a little like soulful. Um, and then honestly, like meeting John, he kind of helped me find my sound or Scott Dam or whatever. <laughs> um, he helped me find my sound because it was it was interesting. Like the first EP, we did like all live instrumentation and it had like it was more raw. And then the second was like really, really produced, right. which almost like too poppy, you mm-hmm. know. And so now, like, I feel confident. I feel like we found our sound and it's just straight up soul um, with a pop influence, of course. But it takes a while to figure out, like, exactly where you're at musically, because I didn't know. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was just writing and I was a kid. Uh, but now like, so it John just comes it just comes with like trial and error, too. I think so, for sure, because I don't mm-hmm. think I think all of my friends that are musicians in the city, too, like are all of our music has had some type of growth as far yeah. as production, like 
like yeah. I didn't know what production was when I was you know 18 I was like what production like yeah. you know um, what does that mean I just thought right. I just this beat off <laughs> you know so yeah but again like John's definitely helped me find my sound it's it's important to have another ear I think too yeah um yeah so it's important to have not only like a producer but also like I would say like a executive like kind of like just a second opinion of, of exactly it's almost like a music director right right it kind of helps you find your sound a hundred percent that yeah do, do, do you think do you think it would like would you advise somebody who is an artist who's trying to like make a name for themselves you know if they, if they don't produce or they don't songwrite should they like get a team or is it like should they try to do it on their own should they try to find somebody that they can bounce ideas off of like what advice would you have for somebody i mean i think it definitely depends on the songwriter and the and yeah. the artist because some people it just comes natural to them like mm -hmm. i have certain friends that are like signed now that they've just always got it like they always knew who they were they knew you know what their production needed to sound like but i think it's important for you to have some type of team around you, yeah. whether it's like, you can make your music all by yourself. Like I don't really like, you know, co co collaboration as much. Like yeah. I love writing by myself. Mm -hmm. Like if you could um, do everything by yourself, you oh, would. Oh, I totally would. I mean, of course, like having yeah. John is everything because I don't know how to do all the technical shit. I, it <laughs> drives me crazy. John but, is that guy. No, I mean, he, Scott Damn. Scott Damn, right. <laughs> no, but I really don't understand the technical aspect of it, but having just some type of core team, whether it's somebody that's helping promote you or, or whether it's somebody that's listening to your music and giving critique, like that's so important because a lot of the time when you're writing something personal, you get wrapped up in your head and yeah. you don't really realize how it comes off at, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. to other people. So I think that's, that's important. That's real. Where, where would you draw the line between like, you know, cause let's say you, you're a song, you're a singer songwriter. Yeah. You're writing your music. You have a producer and they have their own idea for how you should sing your songs or like, where do you draw that line? You know what I mean? Like between the collaboration. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've definitely been in that uh, instance before and it's, I think it, sometimes when you have somebody that's done it for a while or has worked with certain people, you get really excited and you're like, I'm going to allow them to, you know, do whatever they want to me as an artist. But I think you have to kind of like really take your time and think about who you're working with and what they're trying to change mm -hmm. about you. Because I think sometimes that change can deter you from like being successful. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to really say like, who am I as an artist? What are these things that somebody could strip away from me? And are they trying to, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or are they trying to just like push me in a certain direction, but like edit down what you are, you yeah. know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, there's definitely a fine line. Like I can't give advice cause I've messed up on it too, <laughs> you know, but I think, but I think you could give advice because yeah. you've gone, down, you, I know. Know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it just, I think trying to write down everything that you are as an artist, like having it on paper or in your phone or whatever and say, you know, like for me, mine's like, I'm a bigger woman. I'm biracial. Like I'm soul. Like those are the three things I don't ever want anybody to take from me. Mm -hmm. Even if, if they're like, well, you need to be a pop girl or you need, just need to be a writer. You know, mm -hmm. I've gone to auditions where they've looked at me and said no before I started singing. So mm -hmm. I just think it's important to like have that like your foundation of who you are and then say okay do I want to take from certain producers do I want to change this are they trying to help me or are they trying to deter me from yep. you know who I am 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that movie, uh, A Star is Born? Oh my God. I was crying for two hours after the movie. Mascara was like yeah. running. I just relate to that movie like like nobody's business. Yeah. Like there was so many things. Like the dad's a limo driver that like wants her to sing and like my dad's a limo driver that's oh, always- Oh really? Yeah, I was oh, like, this whoa. is too that's much. Crazy. It Spot was on. Too, I was, I get emotional thinking about it. Yeah, that yeah. movie's fucked up, but amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that, that, that popped out to me, because I was, I was on a flight back from Orlando and I was watching it on the one on the- 
TV they had there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my headphones on, and one of the things that like the character Bradley Cooper had said is uh, is basically saying like, "Be true to you mm-hmm. and your music," because the moment that you're not. People are going to sniff the shit out of it and they're exactly. going to notice it. No, yeah. You know? and, and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about insecurities before. Like, do you think, do you think an artist can be, can be, has a right to be insecure? Or do you think they should just find a way to get over it? Because as an artist, like if you're insecure, people will see that insecurity mm. and then they'll pick on it. You know what I mean? As opposed to like you owning that shit. Right. I think it depends what kind of music you make. Cause nowadays, like there are people that their entire brand is being insecure. You know what I mean? Mm. Or like, like talking about that emo rap. No, seriously, like, and like millennials and, or even the younger kids, like they love that because like now the younger generation's obsessed with being sad. So yeah. if that's your brand, what is up with that? Like, I, look, I, I'm gonna say this right now. I love, 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 love Billie Eilish, mm-hmm. but her music can be very depressing sometimes. It, and the kids <laughs> yeah. are obs- obs- yeah. I have every student I teach is upset. Can we sing Billie Eilish today? Can we sing Billie Eilish today? Can we sing X? success whatever and i'm like hello like yeah. you are 12 <laughs> like, yeah. you know but i think if that's the type of artist you are if you write a lot about insecurity then it's okay i yeah. think it's important not to let the industry you know totally mess up your your core and your uh, mm-hmm. mental you know the the industry is intense so hopefully it doesn't mess up your emotional state but if you're a fucking confident ass bitch like lizzo do you guys know lizzo yeah. she's like that like she's like this big black girl and she is like killing it right now and her entire brand is confidence and that's yeah. what she writes about so i think it depends on the artist for sure damn um <clears throat> you had mentioned um crap i forgot what i was going with this. You, you had mentioned something that triggered something in me um oh yeah uh back to the role of confidence like um mm-hmm. do you do you think that Shit, bro, I forgot it again. <laughs> it's early what do you need help with? No, it was like it was like a. It, she was she. She had mentioned confident. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, I forgot about it. <laughs> you know what? Three times, bro. I'm I'm literally blanking. Like it's on the tip of my tongue but right I, now. I want to ask it's one okay. thing. It's just like um for your insecurities. Like how do you face that? Your nervousness and everything before you go on stage and all the thoughts. Like what's like mm-hmm. a good process that you go through? So um, ease of mind. Yeah, it's 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 super tricky to navigate i think but i just as soon as like i'm playing music it all goes in the zone away. yeah you that, disappear soon, even but like talking to like the i drives me fucking crazy like, like i lose being an mc oh and stuff. my god how like, y'all doing yeah it drives me crazy like i remember the like one time i didn't even introduce myself like i just i but as soon as the music's on i'm fine i'm in my zone like i feel uh, like super confident i feel like the skinniest bitch in the world like you know oh, like yeah, i just feel tight. great but yeah the the before and after i don't know and i think after too you feel amazing because you have people there supporting you and and if people like it if you have a good crowd like that's what keeps fueling me to be like mm-hmm. all right i'm a confident bitch yes we're killing it whatever but yeah, because a lot of people say like I can't tell that you're insecure when you're performing at all. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, and I think that that's that's what you want to come right. across, right? Exactly. I mean, you should. I, do that. That's exactly what I was gonna ask too. I wrote it down what? when you right when you uh, asked me. <laughs> I wrote it down. I was like, the role of confidence when you're performing, like, yes. you know, because you don't want to come across as like, oh, do you guys think I'm okay? You want right. you want to own it, right? When you're on stage and you're 100%. doing your thing, like, you want to come across as as a confident, even if you have your own insecurities, you don't want the audience knowing that, right? No, a hundred. Because it's funny, because like you can even even on a fuck up you can come out confident on that fuck up you know what i mean right. even though it'd be acquired for a lot of people i've seen people be like oh shit i fucked up oh, right man, <laughs> but it shows like humility going, yeah know? i'm yeah. like ooh. yeah that's tight se- too i've seen it's artists relatable. who like fall off stage or like we're, we're talking to us uh, uh sophia maria she's another singer out here uh back in january we did a podcast with her and she mentioned that she had fallen off stage oh god like, and it was a pretty 
pretty big fall but oh, like no and, and, and i mean i think she ended up hurting herself really bad but Ooh. but she recovered from it and she like you know she kind of you know she used it to her advantage so it, it, she didn't let it cripple her right exactly yeah it's just how you handle it yeah. and i think people like when you kind of like don't aren't perfect because it shows that you're relatable to them you know like falling or like messing up lyrics or whatever like yeah, it makes you just, human yeah it's like oh she's relatable okay like i mess up too you know yeah. but falling yeah. that's intense i would have cried yeah. <laughs> that's no joke yeah, i mean i mean it's too yeah i mean even like intense. even like tripping on stage like if you just yeah. kind of like miss a step or something that's you know? fu- Ooh, yeah. <laughs> i've seen some funny ass things <laughs> there's videos like, yeah it's like a uh, few people like um what's his name the travis scott Oh my Justin god! When you, I saw that. <laughs> they all make me laugh. You though. fell hard as yeah. hell, though. <laughs> they like disappear. Yeah, because like the stage is built a certain way. Yeah, so they'll just be walking. They'll just disappear. It's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's my funny. god! Let's talk about the <clears throat> the fact that you won a spot oh. to perform at Life Is Beautiful. Yeah. How did that opportunity come across? So that was uh 2016, and um since high school, John and I had been in like they had like little showcases on you know local artists that they would potentially put on the bill and we had never got it i think it was like we started when we were like 14 and 15 maybe um and then in 2016 they did like a bracket style battle of the bands at brooklyn bowl and it was like 20 bands or something crazy it was insane and it was like the span of like two months and i was like fuck this like i hate competition i don't want to do it and my drummer was like do it like what's the worst that could happen like at least you're gonna perform at brooklyn bowl you know yeah And so I was like, all right, like, let's do it. And uh, we played and like every week they would kind of knock out. You would play against somebody and then one would, you know, bracket style, I guess. I don't know. I don't know anything about sports, but. (laughs) Um, What what does that mean, bracket style? Oh, kind of like where you like. Yeah, against like, one like person tournament. and okay. then that person wins and then you go to oh, and then the okay, next gotcha. yeah so it was like super intense and they made like really dramatic um and then we got to like the top four uh, and uh we ended up winning and it was just like crazy it was yeah, the best best day ever but what, yeah. what dictated you winning was it just like the audience votes it was, was it audience there was votes it was, was kind of like a hip-hop thing where they, they put the microphone out to the audience and they go <laughs> cheer if you want to hear <laughs> from B rose let me hear it you know like a, <laughs> no, it was like it was definitely more in like the, the the people that were running it was more like they kind of got decided but i remember the one it was final four there was a voting thing and i was just like vote and like my entire band had like all their parents companies voting and we were just like vote you know but at the same time we didn't know and no offense to any of those people but we didn't know if it was rigged or like whatever you yeah. know yeah, so yeah, yeah. we were just kind of like Ugh. and then i think they decided based on performance and then like who you brought and i think it was a, a, a you know yeah, culmination of things thing. yeah. but yeah i think that's the, the the one thing people default to the most a lot of the times it's like oh it's got to be rigged you know what i mean oh, 100%. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's because if you think about the industry a lot of it a lot of success is based upon who you know right, right. you can be the most talented person but if you're not well connected you don't go out and network exactly you might as well you know just stay where you're at as mm-hmm. opposed to somebody who is has semi-talent but they 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 just have that personality that people gravitate towards right that's the thing you know? if you if you fill out a venue and you're a nobody I'm gonna want you back. You know what I mean? Oh it yeah, sucks. Oh yeah, because like, it ain't about the music. No, right, right. Because it ain't about like, the music yeah, at that point. It's, it's about, about like, yo, we're mm-hmm. making money off of the sales here. It's the business side, the which business. is sad. It's yeah. no, it's no joke in there, man. That industry shit is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Just the stories that you hear, you know. How was the experience of performing at Life Is Beautiful? Amazing. It was so fucking cool because they treated us like talent. Like I think a lot of the time when you're a local band or whatever, and I try not to like say that. I don't. I don't know. I think that sounds like silly. 
like John and I are like, I don't know. It's just saying like local. Yeah. I feel like it's like you're an artist, like you're a Vegas based artist, yeah. you know, but um, a lot of the time when you play shows, it kind of almost feels like you're like asking them, can I play? And like, you're kind of like doing everything for the people that hold the venue, but mm-hmm. life is beautiful. It was like, they were like, we're having you play like you're the talent did you guys get a trailer huh did you guys get a trailer yeah we had like a trailer you were like golf carting around you could see celebrities everywhere it was just fucking like great and they just treated you with so much respect and like i've never been treated like that you know Mm -hmm. especially as somebody that doesn't have a follow you know as much of a following yet and whatever like um so it was just it was just like the best weekend ever yeah it was really do you guys know who runs life is beautiful uh it's a lot of people it's a lot lot of people yeah okay yeah but they 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 have other stuff here in vegas too right yeah because they're all it's a a whole bunch of investors who probably have money and everything Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Is is it the guy from zappos does he have any no, part in it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Pretty sure Zappos Something. downtown project has money in it. Okay, yeah. like all those, like it's a, it's a lot of people from what I know. Yeah, you know, I don't know who the main core like. Uh, I only knew are. the um, head of booking and his uh, Craig Ashman, Craig something <laughs> Craig uh he's dope though he was or Craig Nyman Craig Nyman he was the head of booking he was who like helped book us for the mm-hmm. festival and he books all the artists um and he was really really cool what stage did you play do you remember a uh, hundred hundred yeah oh damn mm-hmm. that was dope. that's tight and of course like they put us at like three but like who like cares 2016 yeah hundred we were like right before it was like Bishop Briggs was playing was that, that when night. Earl Sweatshirt played that year i don't think so i think that would have i think that was 15 yeah oh, yeah, yeah i think because i, I would have oh okay set. <laughs> yeah this was like major laser and jake oh, i don't Cole think i went to that one yeah. yeah that was it was super cool i think that's dope that was and the only reason i went was because i was playing like i've never been able to that's just expensive <laughs> you oh, know yeah but yeah it was awesome. yeah festivals <laughs> in general expensive. we're talking to Artie. i'm like have you ever been to a festival it's like now nah, they're pretty expensive man they yeah. really because if you think are. about it even if even 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 if it's like in city it, it, the tickets are expensive but if you go out of city like you know you got to think about where you're gonna stay so much you think about food travel gas right and all those kinds of costs that's like a hot one thing too that's that's hard for me for festivals is because i understand coming from uh i'm not an artist but mm-hmm. i can understand like when an artist isn't having the best of time or they're on tour or they get sick or anything but mm-hmm. um you know i've seen bands and they just don't do too great and i'm like ooh, but i don't judge them i'm like I'm not gonna judge you here. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna, like when I judge you is when I see you at a personal concert, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is just us. This is for us. I'm here for you. You're 100%. here for us. So I'm like, I want you to show your A game a little bit. But right. I understand if you're sick. No, I know. I totally agree. Sucks. I've noticed it as festivals, especially because they're getting paid up front yeah. to be on the bill. Kind of sometimes they little. get a little lazy. Like they don't. They're like, mm, like yeah. you know, and more than they would be at their own show. But it's true. Like when when you see festival performances, sometimes they won't be the strongest. You know, yeah. just because of the fact that they're just getting paid. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not their show. I, I think I think downtown's getting a lot of uh, cool attention right now. Like with the. Uh, I don't know if you know, but the the there's this guy here in Vegas, Michael Sherwood, and he he did a, a speech out in Florida when I went to this conference, and he was talking about how there's so much AI that's happening, mm. like with the autonomous vehicles, mm. you know, like uh, those vehicles that are self-driving. Yeah, we mm-hmm. have a little bus that takes you yeah. down the street now. Yeah, really? In yeah. downtown? Oh, oh, I didn't even yeah. know there was a bus. Yeah, oh, yeah I think it's like a little car, and it like 
just takes people down the street. It's wow. autonomous. Yeah. yeah, there's no driver in it. No way. Yeah. And then they're also like all the all the traffic stops, they're having cameras that are collecting data now. So like they see how many cars travel past a certain area on, on every given on any given day and they can use that information to predict like when car accidents are gonna happen. No way. Uh, when construction needs to happen, like when yeah. the busiest times and all that stuff. I think it's pretty crazy how the like I, and he was showing me that downtown Las Vegas mm-hmm. was probably one of the most innovative places where they're doing the most with uh, artificial intelligence and all that stuff. Wow. I think there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen there. No, it's cool. Um, And 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 it's cool just the fact that, you know, everything is is going down there. I think there's a lot that's going to be building out as far as like, you know, venues and artists coming by. It it might be like the new, like, you know, how how they say LA or the new New York culture. Actually like have an actual arts district. You know what I mean? Uh, Where people like in the LA, you Mm -hmm. know, the arts district down there, I heard is so tight. Yeah, no, it's, oh my God, no, LA is, it's crazy. But I think it's cool because downtown las vegas they're constantly creating like there's constantly something happening i like that at first it was life is beautiful now they're doing all you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like modern technology and i just think it's it's cool like i I enjoy being downtown because i'm always inspired and that's Mm -hmm. how i feel like in la most parts of la yeah (laughs) you know Mm. (laughs) have you performed in other cities outside of las vegas you know what i actually haven't i have like i've done a couple like acoustic things Mm. um but not like full bands not yet and tour is like something i've always been passionate about Mm -hmm. i just think i'm i really want to do it correctly yeah, and I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a correct way to do it, but I just I, I want to take time and like really think about it because like, you know, at the time I had a really big band when I started thinking about tour. It was like seven of us, and like yeah. that's so crazy. Um, do, you, do you still have a band, or is it kind of like I a, do? Yeah, the, the bands are hard. Um, yeah, no, yeah, we heard that from a few. We were, we were talking to Shabrielle about that. Yeah. She was saying yeah. that like it's a lot easier when you're just a single artist as opposed to having to pay out a whole band. It's it's you know? no joke, and I think you know when there's friendships, it gets really really hard. Um, mm. And yeah, we, I had the same band for pretty much five years and now it's like in this weird transition period. So I'm yeah. trying to figure it out, but, yeah. and it's crazy when it has like nothing to do with you either. Like, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Well, even, even uh, like I know bigger artists, like, like with who have hundreds of thousands of followers or even are doing like nationwide tours, like mm-hmm. they don't have a set band, like that's going to be yeah, there they forever. Hire people they out. hire right. people out, you know, like, or they have a house drummer or whatever. No, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's always like, you know, you as an artist, it's always you, but like as far as your band mm-hmm. like yeah it's good to have those connections those friends but it's like it's good to know that you know unless you're unless the, the on the album cover it's all four or five six of you like always you right. know, yeah yeah, no, yeah you know yeah. you know that you're always going to alternate or you're someone's always going to have another gig somewhere else exactly. you know what i mean so yeah and you start i think you start to realize like even if you, you know like i grew up with a band and it was incredible and i wouldn't trade it back for anything but yeah. at, at, at one point i had to start saying you know like i'm doing this all by myself pretty much like yeah. like they were helping of course like with all the live shows but as far as like business and stuff and like getting my myself out there as an artist like you're by yourself and so now i'm just trying to focus just like right like on me and expanding to a national level and like mm. not you know just continuing to play let videos. the band yeah. come at a later point maybe yeah, yeah like i'm just gonna focus on like recording stuff and like music mm-hmm. videos and try to get that you know because nowadays like you're a lot of people are getting signed from going viral or like whatever somebody discovering you online yes. Mm-hmm. and yes i can like i love playing shows and i feel like i need to perform i'm going cuckoo but uh i think right now it's just about 
gaining more of a fan base and I got to yeah. focus on the online stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Do, do, do you have like a manager somebody who manages your stuff or? No, I've had like a, a couple really, really great friends help me out yeah. and like p- kind of play manager. But like, right. I used to just use a fake name and pretend I was a manager of myself. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. That's smart. And people would like respond 10 times more than they would if it was just me. So yeah. I'd be like, this is, blah, blah, blah. This is Brandon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Ooh. And they would like really take you seriously, you know, as opposed yeah. to me being like, hi, I'm an artist. Like, so now I'm just kind of doing it on my own. Own, but we were talking to Joe Vargas. He owns his own um, CBD stores out Ooh, here in Vegas. Oh, I love um, and uh, it's called Buy Legal Meds. And he was talking about when he was starting out, um, he would create like six different fake profiles for emails. So like Cindy, Shut John, up. whatever. Yep. And then he would email like, oh, this is sales. Oh, this <gasps> is a uh, customer service. This is so smart. And he would he, he would operate them all from by himself. Jeez. But it made himself look bigger than what he actually was. And it eventually was able to grow to I that position. Chills. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. It was eventually great. able to grow to a point where he could hire and fill those positions, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's it's definitely a smart your, thing. You got to do it. Yeah, you got to do your own thing. And I think you only have yourself at the end of the day, especially if you're trying to start something or trying yeah. to get people to like you or, you know, want to buy your product or whatever it is like it's only you yeah. you know you've got to fend for yourself that's fucking great that's i gotta <laughs> and he's that. very yeah. he's very successful right now like he's, he's i think he's opening he's just opened up his third or fourth location like he's killing wow. it right now yeah. that's awesome um, on the on the on the path of like fake it till you make it kind of like that mentality uh how do you feel about people who like buy followers and kind of like buy likes and all that stuff and it's like you know what i mean because i know a couple people who 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 can't feel who can't fill a room or can't feel but but for some reason they're getting 1200 2400 likes yeah you know i mean i think it's just about balance i get it i get it like completely because i find myself looking at my social media and wanting more you know it sucks it sucks and when you're trying to get people to want to hire you it, you want to look good on social media so i totally get why people buy them but i yeah. think they just have to take a second and think like first of all when people buy them you can usually tell because their yeah. likes don't match up to yeah. their following or vice versa or whatever ratio. that ratio is a little funky um the the ratio on instagram is very weird man yeah because uh, i've never once bought a follower mm-hmm. uh, i got i got some some girl with a with like two million followers commented on my photo one time and i got like 800 followers overnight no way. i'm pretty sure they were fake oh and shut it, up. yeah so what i did is i downloaded this app called cleaner and then i went into like inactive accounts and it was like eight or nine hundred people because no i used way. to have like yeah, I used to have like 3,500 followers but I, I, I blocked them and unblocked them basically to yeah. kick them off and still like even with the 2,600 organic followers that I have I'm averaging like 70 to 100 likes like the ratio is very wow. very off yeah yeah. So I, I think it's just a hit or miss I don't know and yeah. it sucks too because like in the modeling industry I remember at one point you had to have a certain amount of followers for agencies agencies yeah. to even look at you I think they still do kind they of probably, do that right you know? and so it's like I get why people buy them and I'm always trying John and I are always trying to figure out what the fuck to do like yeah. how do we you know how to like I'm doing like the promotional ads and all that stuff like yeah. that's great I think that's really yeah, good certain artists because yeah. it's in your face but mm-hmm. I don't know I, I get it and I but I think also try to think about like when when other people look at your page if like you bought hella followers and like the likes don't match like people are gonna know yeah. so it's yeah. kind of like I think you have to like balance it you right. know what I mean because like if I I went on SoundCloud and I've seen somebody with a good amount of plays mm-hmm. and likes and comments. I'm most likely by just perception psychology. I'm going to hit that track. I'm going to be like, why are people listening to exactly. this? Exactly. Yeah. So it might be good. It might be amazing, mm-hmm. but 
I, I've seen people like they they buy all the fake stuff, and I'm like, damn, that tricked me. But the right. track is dope, so right. I'm not even and tripping. it's crazy right. because the level of right. quality nowadays, like you can have such good quality when it comes to production into your vocal recording that. You know, you don't look like, oh, it's not this guy in his basement that's just recording in his bathroom. Like, it, it sounds like a legit artist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like. Yeah. <sighs> it's it's just so hard to navigate. And I think when people are signed and or like already, you know, have hit that success, they just everything just falls in line for them. Social media wise, like it's just there. People like it. They're looking at it. But before being independent, it's hard. Yeah. You know, but like you said, I think it's about balance. Mm-hmm. I, I will. I will say this, though. I reached out to a friend of mine uh, recently. Um, he was congratulating us on the podcast. Like you guys are killing it, doing all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm really happy because the amount of, of like, you know, views and comments and likes that we're getting on our channel like it's completely organic like we're not paying for subscribers we're not paying to push our videos anywhere so even though we only have like what 395 right now mm-hmm. 309 subscribers like it's all organic those are people who I'm on their own you. made the decision to follow us like, i did and i and i thought and, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I thought that was so dope yeah and, he, and he's like and he's like he's like that's cool he goes but you know perception is everything he goes so he's like well, whenever i put out a video he said mm-hmm. um i always like to boost it like at least like a thousand views like mm-hmm. because of he said the thing is when you premiere something and it's stuck at one view two views yeah, three nobody's views, gonna click on no it. one's gonna want to watch it right you know but if they know it. that other people are watching it mm-hmm. they're more likely to you know he was saying like he had a friend who like pushes it to ten thousand views but then the oh. next hundred thousand are organic you know what i mean like, right. Yeah. like right. damn that's kind of smart perception is it the, is the key component yeah. in life you know uh, that's sure. why like fake it till you make it it's it's a weird it's a weird thing like yeah. i say you don't have to do it mm-hmm. you know what i mean but it kind of works in certain aspects. It sure you know does. I mean? Yeah. And that's, I think you guys are a perfect example of like, if you have a good product, like you guys have a great product and that's what attracted my eye. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh shit. Like look at this. Ooh, the colors. Like I was like, yes. Yeah, like, and naturally I think a lot of people did that because you guys had a great product mm-hmm. that you were, you know, um, showing off. And I mm-hmm. think that's important. And then maybe, you know, come to y- find out it's in our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's just so cool. I can't even, I can't even, especially when I saw it, I was like, Ooh, and John was like, yeah, they're killing it. Cause I've done podcasts before and like y'all like are killing, oh, but you. in a, in a, in a co- uh, cozy way, you know, yeah. in a comfortable way. And, um, and it's again, relatable to people, but I think like how he said, you know, he tries to bump views up in a, so that it at least looks like at a thousand or whatever. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Like, I think if you have, if you're selling something that's great, yes, people are going to see it, but if you want to bump it up a little bit, then that's yeah. fine too. It's just, I guess that comes back, that comes back to balance too, you mm-hmm. know? But yeah, it's everything. Cause it's, you just have to stay progressive with like the age, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe back in the day, you d- you don't have to do that. Right. Because is, you had to give out sad, like CDs, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you got yourself out. But now it's the digital age. So you yeah. kind of have to like, it does suck. Cause trust me, I'm like, isn't that fake? Right. Doesn't that make me fake? And then I'm right. like yeah, thinking see, about the bigger picture. I'm like, nah, I got to think about the bigger picture. It's not yeah. about organic and all that. Cause what can you really say is organic? Cause that fool played that probably cause of the, how many views and likes. So is that technically organic? Right. So you can't really put a thing on it. It's kind of like subjective. Mm-hmm. What is organic? And, and, yeah. then, and then it's crazy because like, it also comes down to scale. Like if you only have like 300 legit followers, but then you're like, you have 70,000 on Instagram. You look completely <laughs> fake. Right. I, but then if you look at somebody, because I know somebody personally who who has genuinely like 2 million followers, 
but it shows they have five million. You know, they right. Where does that line get drawn? Of like, oh, is yeah. that socially acceptable? Like, Who knows? you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they still have millions of followers that are organic, but it's like now it's like doesn't it matter whether it's two million or five million, right? Right. Exactly. It's so subjective. Yeah. Oh, it, it makes my head just like. Like all of it is just tough, and and even with like streaming too, like it's just all like yeah. I hate looking at Spotify because you compare, you know, your, yeah, your streams, and that's important. Music that's the thing. world that we live in, though. We live in the world where you're looking at numbers constantly all the time it yeah. is awful i will i wish so badly i was like an artist in the 70s like <laughs> you know that was just like making it the old Woodstock. like fuck yeah like oh I M- wish. making it the hard do the you old guys hard ever way. want to try like the social media delete challenge where you just like Ooh. you just delete all your stuff for like a week you keep your personal stuff like kind of important stuff on like you mm-hmm. know your work computer's fine and everything but everything on your phone you just delete I think it'd be great. And then you're just a week away from it. And I, I guess like a lot of people are doing it. Oh, and yeah. It, it kind of zones them out, you know? I think I would love to, especially if I was in like a like on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. I shouldn't need to be somewhere, but like if I was somewhere <laughs> yeah, like, play, you know, nature or something, I would love oh, that. Would sound, yeah, I think I need to do that because I'm connected to it. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm always on that bitch. Always, you know? Have, have you ever looked at your like screen time on your phone? Oh, it shows you? that's depressing. That shit annoys me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a piece off. of shit. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really it. not good. <laughs> I try not to look at it, but I'm always on my phone at work anyways because yeah. I have to be like finding music for the kids and stuff. And so I'm just like, oh, but my eyes hurt. All of our eyesights are going down the yeah. drain. Yes. All the younger kids' <laughs> eyesights are going down the drain. Like that's just, it is an addiction for sure. I, I think like I'm obsessed with, you know, always, but I, but it's also cool because you get to see like, you get to, you know, find uh, other creatives online or you get to explore new music. Exactly. So it's there's a, it's a balance again. <laughs> all comes back to balance for balance. real. <laughs> I, th- I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy that we live in a world where we have to think about taking social media breaks. Yeah. Like, you know, be, like that's now a thing where you're like, okay guys, uh-huh. I need to think about myself and take care of myself. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna put this away. Right. It's that like, should come organically. It's like it should it should come <laughs> yeah, organically. It should, but it doesn't. Like we, we should be adults, right? Where we're right. like, okay, well, I don't need to be on my phone all the time. Right, but it's it's like you said, it's an addiction. Like we're literally addicted to picking it up, and it, and it's not even just that you know that that it's fun to pick it up. It's like maybe we're having a conversation and maybe we're not saying anything to each other right now. Well, okay, what's going on over yeah, here? Yeah, hundred percent. It goes on to the next thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be doing that, and I'm. I'll be honest. I'll be like, when I'm not feeling it, I'm like, I'm going on my phone. Yeah. Like I'm not feeling this conversation. And, then, and I know people no, are like, that usually means you don't like that other person. I'm like, nah. It's just like I'm not good with small talk. Realistically, mm-hmm. I like talking about things that are actually gonna push me forward in life. Okay. So I want to talk about interesting things too. I want to learn about a person. Mm. So if they're just talking about like daily news or like sports. I'm like, all right. Things I'm that don't really, like, don't, yeah. 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 doesn't stimulate like, you. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. Like, if you guys see me yeah. look at my phone, I'm just looking at like the little questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're good, you're good. Right. No, I'm not, I'm not bored. <laughs> no, but it, you, I mean, it's interesting. You see it all the time, yeah. you know, or people that go on dates and stuff's awkward. Like they, oh, okay, I got to go to my phone. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's, it's a way, I think just because we're on our phone so much though, it does fuck up how comfortable we are socializing in person. Yeah. yeah. That crazy. is no joke. Yeah. Like I have more friends that have met people online. I did too. Like met people online than in person like relationship wise and whatever and like that's more of a comfort zone than like oh i'm at a bar and this guy talked to me like oh you know that's yeah. scary now yeah but in the 50s and this or you know even the 70s like that was how you met people yeah mm-hmm. it's just such a oh it's like a dark hole <laughs> I, I, I try to be conscious about it like if, if 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 i'm with my like my brother my sister we've known each other our entire lives mm-hmm. i will be on my phone if we're if we're having a conversation i'll still be on my phone right but if i'm with somebody that i just met yeah, right. i am conscious away. of it for sure that, that phone stays in my pocket like 
I'm not like, especially for like having the dinner or something like that. Like it stays in my pocket 100%. because I don't want to come off as like that rude asshole. Yeah, you know what I mean? no, and it's so. it's true. It can come off rude. Yeah, no, it's but it's great that you think like that because some people don't. Like yeah. I've tried if I have to if somebody's calling me, I go oh hold on one second, you know. But yeah. I want to be invested in the conversation. That's how you you know learn and grow mentally. So I don't know. It's it's tricky. That social media <laughs> That's game. That's yeah. Social. I have to yell at all my students like get off your phone right now. Get off. Your, I'm talking to you. You know, and they're like, hold on, <laughs> like, oh, no. oh so, so you mentioned students. You mm-hmm. you mentioned to me before the podcast started that you that you do you teach? Yes. Mm-hmm. So is it do you teach singing or yeah, is I it? teach singing. Okay. I teach at a after school program. It's called School of Rock, and they have like two. Oh, oh nice. Where yeah. There's two. There's one on Flamingo and Fort Apache, and then there's one in Green Valley. So I teach at the Flamingo. I've taught there for like four years now. I'm the head of their vocal department. And it's, it's cool. No. Wait, so is it like an after school project, or mm-hmm. is it kind of like a after school program? Yeah, it's like a performance based. They have all instrument uh, guitar. It's like a rock-based um, yeah. performance program, but yeah. they do all styles, and um, I teach like one-on-one private lessons Monday through Friday, pretty much. Yeah. How 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 has that the experience of 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 singing or teaching to sing been for you? Like, do you? Do you get like a personal enjoyment, like fulfillment out of it? Or is yeah. it, you know, like what is that experience like for you? I really enjoy it. I think um, it's definitely very psychological, which mm-hmm. people wouldn't really understand. But like voice lessons end up being like partial therapy sessions as well. Um, and I get and it's awesome because I've gotten I've gotten to, you know, watch these kids grow. Like I've been with some of them for four years. So I've watched them go from like middle school to high school or whatever. And, yeah. The formative um, years. Wow. Yeah. So it's really, really great. And I know them on a personal level. And um I, I really enjoy it because I learn a lot from teaching music. Like I'm learning things that I didn't, you know, technically I'm teaching things that I need to be more aware of when I'm performing live too. So yeah. it's great. Um, but it's definitely, it's super, super psychological. You have to make the kid feel comfortable enough to want to, you know, grow as an artist with you because singing is super vulnerable. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. I wouldn't rather be doing anything else other than like touring and performing, you know? So. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's so super, dope. I think that's super dope though, because like one of the things that I think is under, under, I want to say undervalued or underappreciated is the fact that of teaching other people. Yeah. Like, and especially with the experience that you have under your belt, like being able to teach, teach from experience. That's one of the biggest things. Cause a lot of teachers, they don't have that experience. They're like or textbook. They're, or they're, yeah. They're like they're textbook, textbook. Like, Oh, this is why. Right. But when you can speak from experience and, and connect with them on a personal level, yeah. I think that, that, that does so much for the city. Like, cause these kids are going to be the next generation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. going to affect their, their confidence and their ability to, to do things in life. Right. Well, that means a lot to me too. Cause I really, I try to be more of like an artist developer than like just a vocal coach. Cause yeah, the textbook, like to me, I never learned shit from that. So I've always just tried to really like lock in like that personal relationship between me and that student individually mm-hmm. and that really helps too because i'm mm-hmm. not just like you all have to learn how to breathe today it's yeah. like you need to work on this you need to work See, on that's this. cool you find like their weaknesses right that's super dope yeah and um i enjoy it i really like talking to people and like i like giving advice too so sometimes they come to me with their little personal boy issues i'm like all right listen <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun too here's but. my last album listen right? to that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no it's awful my like 12 year olds come with their and they're like we found your music and i'm like no it's not appropriate don't listen to that like <laughs> please don't <laughs> yeah okay. but it's cool. um I was going to say, uh, do you, have you had any experience with any of your students that stood out to you? They're like, you know, this kid either like this kid has, has, can really sing and it stood out to you or this person's situation, you know, affected your life in some way. Like, yeah. Have you had any experiences that pop out that you definitely, think about? I think there are a couple of my little like teenage girls that remind me of myself. So I'm trying to like, and, and the good and the bad, you know, so I'm mm-hmm. trying to kind of like deter them from 
um, falling into a certain headspace that you can and be insecure, you know, vocally or think that maybe you're not good enough or whatever when they don't get into auditions or, you know, um, cause everything reflects, you know, you're not good enough. If right. something yeah. doesn't happen, you're not good enough. And so I try to like get them to understand, like you have to hear like 20 no's before you hear the one yes that matters, you know? Um, and I think some of them are just super, super talented. So I just like enjoy working with them. Um, and like naturally talented. And then there are some that like came in and really didn't have any like experience and like have grown so much. So there's, it's all different, you mm. know, Then there are some that really don't really like to sing, but they just like being there. So <laughs> it's, it's, I enjoy yeah. all the different paths, but there are definitely like some um, incredibly talented kids. And some of them did go to the same high school that I did. So it's cool. Like talking to them about that. Cause I'm like, I was you like, I get it. Yeah. You know? And you, you, you mentioned something right now that, that, that popped out to me. You said a lot of them, you know, they don't really, care that much but they they want to be there right and and i think that's half the battle is wanting to be there right yeah um, we're doing something that's not playing video games or like watching yeah. t- or being on your phone yeah. you know wait so is this like a like a monday through friday kind of thing like after school or is it yeah they have that and then they have weekends they're open like nine to five okay much. yeah so it's th- that place is packed and it's you know different instruments and whatever i only deal with the vocals but they uh it's cool because they're like, like I have like little kids singing like Chris Cornell and Foo Fighters. Like it's cute, oh, yeah. you nice. know, like, and it's exposing <laughs> them to not just what's on the radio now, which yeah. I think is so important. Yeah. Are, are you a firm believer that, that anybody can sing? Or do you think, you know, because, yeah, <laughs> we're going to hit this topic. Cause. Yeah, I would like to know. Like, do you think you can teach anybody? Or is there a certain extent like where it's just like. I think I think I can teach anyone and that they can get better mm-hmm. for sure. They can get better. They can get better. I don't know if everybody has the the capability of being able to sing correctly and well. Yeah, or, not, not, or, not everyone's a Whitney Houston. Right. But, but they, they can get better for sure. Like there's a way if you're consistently workshopping anything, if you're consistently stretching, you're going to be able to do your splits. Like if you're consistently, you know, like researching something, you're going to know more about it. But you can get better. I just, I think yeah. some people naturally do have it. It's all about pitch. Like if you have an ear, I think yeah. that's always easier to navigate how they get better. Um, but some people aren't born with one. So, yeah. you know, yeah, cause I, I, cause I will say this, like there, there's some songs that I sing uh-huh. and, and I think I sound good, uh-huh. but then I'll record myself. I'm like, what the shit, man? That's too, Cause like when we record ourselves, it's like on our shitty phone recordings, which yeah. doesn't bring out any of the nuances of our voice. Like when you're recording with a microphone and you have an engineer, like that's when we should be like, it sucks. Like I hate hearing myself on my phone too, but we're not recorded with anything that's bringing out all the colors of our voice, like mm. reverb and all, you know what I mean? Right, all those right. effects. So it's like, it's like if a guitarist is just always playing acoustic like you know that's not fair or you, you might, might have a voice or you might be told that but i think you might have a voice but like let's get you in the studio well, and no, you like, because here's the thing i can hear it if i hear somebody else sing mm. i can tell when they're out of pitch i can tell oh. when i can tell when they when they when they fall out of pocket or whatever or it's not the right melody or the, the right tone like i can tell right but when it comes to me singing personally i can tell when i really go out of tune but like for the most part like i can't hear it until i record myself and i play it back and i get mm. i'm like oh shit that's the whole thing is just terrible right you know I, what mean, I mean well maybe you just might need a couple lessons you yeah. know because honestly like if as long as you're exposed like when you're when you first become exposed to vocal technique yeah. that's when you're like oh shit like now I'm, like you might be like okay now let me listen back and now i know what i'm actually hearing or why i hear that it sounds bad right. you know yeah what are the different types of voices like there i know that i heard like alto soprano yeah tenor. is that just it. like deep 
high, low? Just, yeah, you know, how, what does how, that mean? how comfortable you are in your upper register, like where your comfort zone lies. So like sopranos, they're comfortable singing high. Altos are comfortable singing in the lower for females. And then when you go to boys, tenors are more comfortable singing high for boys. Uh, bass is super, super low. So, and boom, the baritone boom, boom, is between. Boom, boom. Yeah. No, literally, you know when you like, hear damn. like acapella groups and they're like, dum, dum. Yeah. There's one guy, <laughs> that's, that's bass. Because he's just, that's where his. Like, that, that's bass. Dude, there's a fly in here right now. I saw it. Stressing me the hell out right now it's, it's the same fry fly from the last fry. Goddamn fry. Uh, yeah. no, do, 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 do you homie. think there's a i almost said do you think but like i i heard that back in the day like really back in like in the 30s 40s 50s like men used to get castrated so that they can sing higher shut your mouth i have yes. never heard that that's crazy but maybe i wouldn't be surprised well on the record uh, wow. michael, michael jackson's michael jackson's uh uh, was it his doctor? Yeah, his doctor no stated way. he was castrated. So if you get so castrated, they, your home hormones yeah, change, right? Sound like no, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah like the hormones that. are completely like off whack. Yeah, but that's interesting because like, what if they castrated somebody and like it didn't necessarily? I don't know. That's so weird. I don't, that's intense. I did not know that because like if you castrate somebody that can't sing, so their pitch of their voice when they're speaking just raises. Like, yeah. yeah. Whoa. That's so how up. do you get a deeper voice? Right. <laughs> they're like, damn. That's a you hang <laughs> weights on it. <laughs> oh my god! I just pictured that. He's gonna start smoking. You gonna sound like this? Right. Yeah, like oh, that. that's hilarious. Uh, I um, do. You, what were your uh, like main inspirations like at the beginning? when you started getting into singing and all that Ooh. or what were you just listening to what was um, around yeah i don't know i think like okay so i started with the vocal jazz stuff my dad always like i always grew up listening to like motown and um <laughs> of course you know Aretha and <sighs> like just all those and that was cool because it just like it felt good music wise like mm -hmm. for me like rock is very like in your face and it's like it's great too but like soul music just like motown just makes you like i don't know if you're in the kitchen like it just makes you want to move yeah. and like it's not super intense all the time mm -hmm. that's fun for intense. me yeah you know mm -hmm. it's just like it feels good um and it wasn't perfect and and that's what i liked um but then going into high school i just try to listen to like a bunch of shit like i remember my boyfriend when we first started dating was like you don't listen to what i thought you would listen to like i would think you would listen to like people that sound like you maybe or like other soul artists he's like mm -hmm. you're all over the place and i was like yeah like that's how you learn you know mm -hmm. so i think i'm just all over the place i really really Really, when I started to be interested in writing, it was Amy Winehouse because I was just oh, like yeah. that thing. She's just so raw. Like I don't know, I could just feel so much from like how she like was, a lot of emotion, just so much, it, and yeah. like just straight up emotion, no sugar coating. She didn't sugarcoat anything. She didn't try to write to like a formula, you know. Um, so that's who inspired me to start writing for I sure. Felt. Yeah, she's oh that woman. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was since we're on that topic. Why do you think that it's like? primarily artists right artists comedians uh people who use their creative juices that are the most depressed people or like you know maybe because i don't know maybe because they have an outlet to express themselves so they're aware that they have fucked up shit going on in their head and people that don't have that creative outlet some a lot of the time bottle it up and don't speak about their depression mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. maybe it's just because we're like well this is us like oh you know like saying. i'm i'm depressed and i'm telling you i am and why i am yeah but some people aren't comfortable being that open yeah so they're just not aware like they might be depressed too or uh but they just bottle it up with like oh i'm gonna look at i'm gonna put my whole life into sports exactly and i'm gonna go ahead and 
my, my life is I now drink. dictated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my life is based on like how good my sports team does. You exactly. Know what I mean? Right. And or a relationship or something. Which isn't like a that. bad thing. Nothing you know wrong with I mean? it at all. I just yeah, yeah. it's just like yeah. more it's like different ways of how people express like you. For said. Sure. Damn, I never thought about it that way. When you're a creative person, you do have that platform to put out exactly how you feel, mm-hmm. and it and it almost like drives you towards that part of your life more you know because right. you you're paying more attention to it right because that's where your emotions are coming from that's where your mm-hmm. songwriting is coming from right well yeah like whenever i'm writing it like i just wrote a song about depression the other day for fucking two days i was like like sad just yeah. like for no reason i was just in this weird headspace and i just yeah. felt weird and i was like oh well it's probably because i just wrote about dep- you know what i mean like yeah. you embody and absorb everything that you write and like there's nothing like it like for me i, I that's my therapy like because first of all that shit's expensive but like i when i'm writing like it i have to you know i have to express myself um mm-hmm. i have to uh and that's how i like cope with what's going on in my life but yeah it's interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole the whole aspect of just because I've noticed it like you always see it in the news right you always see these comedians or these artists who end their life really bef- way before their time mm-hmm. you know yeah pretty pretty sad it's super sad it's it's sad that it, it's I would even say it's like a majority of like it's comedians that end up you know doing self self harm mm-hmm. and it's crazy because it's so counterintuitive because they're they they bring joy to people's lives mm-hmm. they bring laughter and you, you seem like I mean? they they vent the most at anybody because they're always like yeah you know what pissed me off. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shit like that, but it's yes. I know it goes deeper than that. Yeah, yeah. No, that is true though. A lot of comedians I feel like end up having some type of like issue mentally. Um maybe just because they're constantly making other people laugh, but then they don't have anybody to make them feel mm-hmm. you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I don't know. Or or maybe they're just like their brain is so advanced that they see the world as how it is and it's right. comedian it's funny to them maybe you know, like no yeah you know like it's not as serious like life is not as serious to them right that might as, be true too yeah, yeah. it's you know we got know. dark we got deep with the yeah. hey. <laughs> or they see everything as like a damn bit and they're like damn i hate my life right now right why is everything a bit yeah <laughs> why can't i just do cooking that's Not true make a joke. <laughs> like, God damn it. yeah on, on, on a lighter note <laughs> <laughs> i could go dark all day <laughs> <clears throat> on a lighter note uh we did a deep dive and we found out that you uh had uh per- open for for lloyd oh yeah the brooklyn Bowl. i was like a deep dive go so many oh. different ways. Yeah, like, oh god um yeah no that was super fun yeah i love it i loved his music growing up so yeah. i was like middle school like hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you actually get to meet him um he was like in our dressing room i don't know like he, we didn't really talk or anything he yeah. was he had like 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 20 groupies so yeah. we were like plus mm. you don't want to be that person that's like oh my god i'm your biggest fan right i don't care Especially yeah, before. i don't care to do like, that shit you don't have that's that right. part of your brain that goes like oh i need to see this artist because i'm their biggest fan and no, i need like, to let them know i think it would be different like like i really love lloyd but like and i think he's great but I, like it's not like like erica badu if i was like i would be like i need to see her you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and not gotcha. that i didn't like feel like that about him like anybody i'm opening for i'm super thankful mm-hmm. um but you always want to make sure that you seem chill like you yeah. know because yeah. there are people be that cool. aren't yeah you want to be cool because <laughs> yeah. then they see you as on their level sometimes and most of the time a lot of the time they're not nice like <laughs> you yeah. know whenever you're opening they're usually not that great to they're you sometimes the they are amazing that's you one know? of my biggest fears like meeting like one of my my favorite celebrities and finding out they're dicks yeah <laughs> dude it's scary i can't you know? And I always hear like even if I haven't met them, somebody's like, "Oh yeah, they're a dick," and I'm like, "No." I, See, that's why I keep my distance because I'm like, you <laughs> I don't want to find I, out. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even gonna say what up. Right. Because I don't want to ruin this. Right. Because if you just... if you if you're a dick to me. 
no matter what, every time I listen to your music, I'll be like, that fool is an asshole. Except, Fuck yep, this music. Yep, there are plenty. Mm-hmm, there <laughs> so are plenty. Like, you, just stay away. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to support that. I don't know. But then there are people that are amazing and like so nice and gracious, but that you wouldn't expect to. It's just, I think it's so easy when you, especially when you've grown up in the industry, like a lot of the bigger artists are naturally just like, not necessarily assholes, but like they have that kind of like, I'm better than you thing because they just didn't yeah. know anything else. You know, the worst thing is, is when, the, when they're not even big artists and that, they have that personality that's what drives me fucking crazy you don't even have the right (laughs) you ain't Beyonce (laughs) yeah yeah. and you'll find that even more and and it's crazy because you'll find out that artists like Beyonce who are like at the top tier Uh are the nicest sweetest people because they, they they just I mean it's almost like when you get down we we talk about this all the time like but when you're like when you're like a a person who just has like has it all you have all the money in the world you have the best looks you you have no reason in your life to be upset you know and you just treat everybody with the best possible like mm-hmm. or it could go the other way but I, yeah. I've, I've noticed a lot of people that, that we've known that like either like are super good looking have a lot of money or very successful they're just very genuinely nice people right you know they have no bad intentions yeah they, they better not have bad intentions what are you mad about <laughs> you got so much money yeah, yeah. you got a lot I, I feel like if it, i just i couldn't understand why you wouldn't be super super nice and gracious if you had everything that you've ever wanted <laughs> i'd understand if you were like the beatles and stuff where like you're bombarded every day That's, back in the yeah. day and you can't even go outside that yeah. must i'd be suck. a little bit like short tempered, like hey man yeah. i'm just trying to enjoy my meal yeah i'm eating right now and you're yeah. like in my face trying to get autographed like, right no i can't imagine yeah. or like and you know how people are like outside of your home or whatever like even now youtubers oh, yeah, and stuff like those kids scary. are like stalking them outside their house you've like, seen that yeah that's there's, real there's, scary there's a limit to stuff like that you know like as a fan or whatever you want to call it like Mm -hmm. you gotta be really respectful like would you just go up to anybody and just like get in their face while they're eating right yeah you gotta treat them like a human being like no there's a there's a difference if you're at their show if you're at their thing yeah they they're already prepared in that mindset that oh today's gonna be crazy Mm -hmm. but if they're like yo i'm with my daughter right now like you know like it's her yeah. birthday we're having dinner like right. chill <laughs> don't come up and asking me for my autograph like it's you know yeah it's that kind of deal and it's just about being respectful but i think when the younger the kids are and the fans are like they don't really get that line they yeah. don't so like well, well the, the picture the youtube thing we're talking about where i think it was a big youtuber and people were showing up to their house the parents were driving these kids to their house that yes. Logan Paul? and that yes and then was that Logan Paul? i think it was one of them one of them boys yeah but, but then the parents were getting mad and saying like oh you did my daughter drove all the way like what the fuck yeah. you're outside of their house that's hella weird like my yeah. kid bought 200 dollars with your merchandise and no great like get away from me like i don't know that's that's where i feel like i would have a hard time yeah. and then they're always painted as assholes even if they're really just trying to like yeah, live their life trying to be on the yeah that's why that's why i always tell chuck like i like if we ever become like successful and like you know which big, we ain't. when when you become successful which we ain't <laughs> we, we, we don't want to have that recognition we'd rather we, we would rather be like be like, like like rich and powerful but like behind the scenes you know? same yeah. no yeah let, I'm let cool nobody recognize coming me. up to me be like oh i've seen you on your podcast okay cool right you're like cool <laughs> kisses not like a thousand people like, right bombarding me yeah like, no that, that sounds shit would much. be so fun let's talk about com- yeah. compliments because you guys trigger something in me right now i was i was listening to a podcast today and uh they were talking about compliments like how do you take compliments like do you are like do you get awkward about them like if someone oh my god your music is so great like you know i'm a huge fan you just go uh thanks <laughs> or is it like i don't know i try i just get really happy it just means a lot if somebody's yeah. taking the time out of their life to even say something nice to me i it really does like 
it feels like me wanting to keep going so i really try to make sure that they understand like i am so thankful i try to like go above and beyond be like thank you so much like Mm. what's your name and because like shit like we have a lot of shit to do and like you're gonna take your time to compliment me like i don't know but i I get why people get awkward too especially like if it's a lot of people or you know in a crowded room or whatever like it's like how many responses can you come up with like if you have 10 people in a row telling you oh my god you're so great like yeah what do you thanks it's hard (laughs) yeah you try to be personable Uh, but then also like keep it moving you know (laughs) like i don't know it just depends on like what the situation is but i think again like if if i'm going to compliment somebody i would want them to at least be like you know thank you even if it doesn't have to be more than that yeah if you're not a social person that's fine there you go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's the tea (laughs) (laughs) we found that out from jazlyn (laughs) try to try to use it oh yeah that's the one (laughs) let's talk about your like dream collaboration well let's 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 do two of them let's do uh a collaboration of two artists that outside of yourself and then who would you want to dream collaboration with oh okay wait two so one person that i would want to collaborate with and then yeah and then two artists like maybe mainstream or not mainstream or whatever or maybe one mainstream and one who's not and you know what collaboration would you like to see oh okay um hmm. let you think about this one i know i feel like if i could ever collaborate with anybody would be justin timberlake because I just love that man and that's yeah. another one I heard he was a dick the other day and I was like oh, oh no. no yeah I've heard that a few times yeah. though too but again he grew up in it like you yeah. know I get it um, but I just love him as a performer and as a musician like I just like seeing his live shows are just crazy and I think he yeah. has a really interesting headspace as far as collaboration goes because he kind of just does whatever the fuck he wants and it's not always like his last album was not that successful but he and Pharrell were just like let's just do it and they think more like sonically and they're just super like about emotion and mm-hmm. what they're going through so that's why i would want to collaborate with him because i just respect that and he's not formulated at all like yeah. he's just like i'm gonna do this but he has his hits of course yeah um and somebody like people that i would want to see collaborate i think like who keem and chuck <laughs> there we go hey. do a mixtape we're actually creating a band that we've been working on for years are you kidding we haven't done anything yet but we came up with a name Ooh, what Wanna is it know? what is it Oh, you forgot. <laughs> uh, is it the funky fluids? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, the funky fluids? The funky fluids. Are y'all going to play funk too? Yeah. <gasps> Wait, for real? Because he does a talk box. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen one day. One day. Maybe I mean, uh, 2040. I so here, love that. So here's our marketing goal, right? Uh. We're hoping to talk about it enough to where everybody knows about it, but there's nothing from us out. <laughs> there we go. You know all right, I mean? all right. So then people go like, whoa, whoa, you hear about that funky? Where, where's it at? And they go searching for it and they find nothing. That's going to suck. And then they want it even more. And when somebody takes our name. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's going to be a bare Instagram with nothing and yeah. hella follow like 100K. That sounds great. That right. sounds fun. So, so what do you think for your um, collaboration? I'd say like, I loved when like Justin Timberlake collaborated with like a country artist like Chris Stapleton. I think that's always cool like to fuse the two. I'd say like if maybe <clears throat> even if like Erica Badu came out with something new, but it was with I'm trying to think. That's like such a heavy Khalid. That would be cool. Like because he's like the younger, you know, the mm-hmm. newer like pop generation. If she, do you guys know who Aaron Allen Kane is? Mm. she's um, has a better chance of knowing no yeah she's just like she's dope like prince discovered her and like she's not super big but um she's just like crazy so like if and like uh, i don't know she's got this crazy soul voice so like if somebody from like the older generation which is like erica could collaborate with somebody like newer that had that old school sense i feel Mm -hmm. like that would be incredible um yeah something like that nice i don't know i'm down for all like honestly anybody collaborating makes me happy yeah what's your uh 
Sorry, I had a little bit of. I've been burping too. I'm like, <clears throat> what's your pet peeve when you're in the studio? <laughs> I think it's usually distraction, honestly. Like, especially because I'm usually just in the studio with John. Um, and just like if we're in the zone, like I like just staying in that zone. And if there's distractions as like a phone or like a person or whatever, like that is probably my biggest pet peeve just because like I think that if you lose focus sometimes like every like like if me and John lose focus and we get distracted by something or somebody comes in the room or whatever like we're not even in the same headspace anymore Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so that kind of is annoying um but that's about it I don't mind if I'm sick that sucks (laughs) (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but I think just having a distraction from like being in the zone because I think when you're in it like you're you're just going crazy mentally and like me and John can just like we're just like we just know each other really well so what what about what about being in a studio with an engineer who's not as invested oh i think (laughs) that just drives me crazy because like as an engineer like you you are creating a personal relationship with the artist and the artist is being super super vulnerable and possibly writing about something they're super emotional about Mm -hmm. so you should be a hundred percent invested i don't i i won't work with engineers that i don't feel comfortable with i just don't think it's right yeah you know if you're in there pouring your heart and soul and then they're on the phone the whole time yeah no that's just like unacceptable (laughs) and as an engineer you should know better and anyways Mm -hmm. like so yeah i think that that uh, drives me crazy but i like being in the zone like even when i haven't worked with john like they put candles and they're like okay where you at and like really try to get the emotion out of you you know so that's cool nice have you had any um any crazy experiences when performing that either have gone terribly right or terribly wrong whether it's a technical issue or you know Um, when I was younger, like when I was in vocal jazz at LVA, I chipped my tooth on the microphone because I burped what? and hiccuped at the same time. Wait, wait, wait. You chipped, Why, you chipped your tooth on a microphone? Yeah. Like I was singing this Frank Sinatra song, but it was really, really low, like in the lowest key and she wouldn't let me change the key. And I was like probably 16 <laughs> and I like hiccuped and burped. I don't know which one it was. It was like one of those like combination of things Damn. at the same time, at the same time. And I went, and then I chipped my, it was just a little chip, but I went and my tooth hit the microphone really hard Whoa. and I just had to keep singing. Like <laughs> Like, like, uh, it was like this, like literally like said. my friend has a recording <laughs> it was so bad it was so embarrassing and my friend like you can kind of hear my voice like, like keep going i kind of tried to swallow it it was super bad but Whoa, that was the worst yeah uh, otherwise i don't know Whoa, life is beautiful i had a leather jacket on and i was trying to like be cool and take it off but i couldn't get it off <laughs> so it was, was a little like, hot up that day <laughs> it was so hot and so i was like and i think john ended up like pulling the sleeve or somebody <laughs> <laughs> it was so you bad. Have I kept was, it like halfway down. I should. Like, I should have been. Yeah. But it was like, and I couldn't focus on this. I was like, it was so funny. So I'm just. I usually fuck up on stage somehow. Like I'm just not to the point. Um, I just try to take off my shoes sometimes. Like I just try to be really comfortable forgetting lyrics so one time i changed the pronoun from he to she like for the whole song I was like, all right we're gay we're fine this is about a girl now like, you change your own lyrics on stage yes oh that's, my god that's dope though i mean you could, you could do things like that i mean you know right it's your song yeah Maybe. but it's funny because my backup singers are like okay all right uh, we gotta switch too right <laughs> but Wait, yeah. so when you perform right now do you do you like to do you want to bring out a, a a band with you or do you like are you gonna go towards the route for now of like 
Wasn't having a having like yeah having like a producer on stage with you like john uh, or something. no i'd probably i've probably always want a live instrumentation okay. for sure yeah it's just reteaching stuff to you know to instruments and whatever like and paying for rehearsal space it all takes time yeah um so right now i'm just trying to wait for like a really strong gig like maybe opening for a national act or something mm-hmm. um just waiting for something to come along uh i'd love to just like throw a show too but it just i just need to like really like navigate like what's right because right now me and john have like recorded like six new songs we just have them in the vault and like we're just trying to finish those out Mm -hmm. so that's where my head is but i would love to perform and i don't think i would ever be comfortable doing just like producer beats like vocal i I need i need energy Mm. (laughs) see that's dope though yeah that's really tight because um because bands are a little i'm a little like strict with them Mm. like the band has to be pretty damn good for me to Mm -hmm. feel because like it has to bring out that artist music Mm -hmm. to that next level right because like when i've heard uh like let's just say they did an album that was all like it's usually hip-hop artists it's just beats Mm -hmm. but then they do a live instrumentation behind it Mm -hmm. i'm like yo you gotta for some reason those beats hit hard you gotta hit hard like those beats so i get really strict because i'm just that's good though yeah like but a lot of them you know the other part of me too is the artistry i don't i can't play drums i can't you know play all that like on that level so i respect it in that sense too right yeah yeah yeah. no it's true though because beats do hit really hard so Mm -hmm. you have to have that same foundation and a lot of the time that means simplifying instrumentation wise like you have to simplify because that's what people rock with people aren't gonna be like oh you played like a flat seven like that's tight like no (laughs) you know so i think it's really good that you noticed that because that's something that i struggled with because you know a lot of um a lot of kids start playing jazz so they want to play super out and just like crazy we're improving but like you gotta like simple simplicity yeah. is key when it comes to live performance you gotta stick because that's what people know from the track you can't just go out and do crazy mm-hmm. shit yeah yeah mm-hmm. i feel that. that's it's, cool it's that you crazy. see that yeah mm-hmm. um you went to lva right you yeah mm-hmm. for uh for high school yeah now lva is a it's a performing arts school mm-hmm. right so everybody goes there has a certain a major major mm-hmm. which is what, what, what there's different majors singing yeah choir dance theater uh guitar jazz uh, I think they do languages now, dance. Yeah, it was just like all different creative. Do Do you recommend somebody who is more in the creative arts go to a school like that or... Do you think there's an advantage versus not? or? I think like I think you could definitely do it either way because I know incredible musicians that didn't get to go to a performer in high school, you know? But for me, it was just so awesome because in high school, I wasn't dealing with like, I mean, yeah, there's like high school drama or whatever, but it was like, I was surrounded by creative people, which inspired me and pushed me to be better. You know, mm-hmm. like all of my friends, like my best friends t- to this day are like went to LVA and like they're dancers and they're singers. And it's a you networking know. thing too. It really is. Yeah. Cause you, you know, have a, my, my entire band went to LVA except for one. Um, and I think it's just, it's so cool to be involved in that and like be singing every day. Um, but I think you could also do, you know, if you have a, a natural, talent and and you just went to a normal high school you can kill it too it doesn't matter yeah. but i i'm obsessed with that school i think yeah. it's incredible you know? yeah i think it's also like when i ask a lot of uh either filmmakers or photographers like do you think you need to go to college for photography or video and they'll always give me one of two answers like one yeah no because you can learn everything online right but two 
Yes, if you're that if you're that kind of person who does who doesn't have that natural, I'm gonna go out there and meet everybody and you know do that. Mm-hmm. So you need a set place where everyone's gonna come to you and you're gonna be surrounded by people who are creative and have that right. you know like you know network of uh, oh now I met Chuck and he's now he's my gaffer he's my DP or mm-hmm. you know and we're gonna be constantly surrounded because because we're we're at school together eight to ten hours a day and then we have these ideas of short films we want to do and then we just build that camaraderie mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, so, I mean, and plus a lot of people do. A a lot of people work differently some people can 100 just go out there and do it and then use the internet to their advantage to learn what they don't know and then some people need that structure some people need that like uh if you know go to college for video for filmmaking like oh i need to learn lighting from an instructor i need to you know yeah. you need to have mm-hmm. that court that that set course guide in their head you know mm-hmm. um, yeah no i think it's and it depends what avenue you want to take you know as far as like like what you're studying but it's like college is kind of a hit or miss i think i don't know depending on what creative aspect you're going to like when I, I went to Berkeley for a year in Boston and uh it was awesome but I learned more about like networking with people than I did in like class like there were some classes that were great but you know like you met I met people that inspired me and like had had done stuff in the industry and that's what I really like got from it it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. textbook shit yeah but then like if you're studying engineering or production like you need to do that yeah. you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of technical stuff but John well, but John didn't and he's yeah that's what I'm saying you know it's like uh, oh so you said I'm pretty ignorant you said Berkeley that's pretty that's a pretty prestigious school isn't it um it's just yeah <laughs> 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 it was a music school yeah it was it's like one of the main music schools um it was in Boston yeah. A lot of people are like aspire to go to that school, right? To yeah, either. that's like the one. Like, let's wow. go there, and you know. But, but <laughs> did you go all the, the whole, all years? Just a year. I'm broke. Just a year. Yeah, that shit was expensive. No, yeah, I was gonna say Holy that that place hell. looks like expensive. I think I went a year, year and a half. I don't remember, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, and I again, I my grandpa was like, "I'm gonna help you out, like whatever." And we had, you know, my family doesn't have any money, so. Yeah. They give you a talent-based scholarship, so you don't have to take SATs or anything. It was all based off your audition, See, which is tight. it's tight, but then it's also like, damn, all this work I did in high school doesn't matter. Like, yeah. it's all, you know. So then they, I got a talent-based scholarship, which was great, but it's still just like so so expensive. But it's amazing. Like the school's great, um, but they're money hungry. Oh yeah, I mean, oh. I think colleges, period. All, yeah. <laughs> all of them are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, uh, so I went. To, I went to the Art Institute for uh, oh, cool. for audio, audio engineering. I was a. I was originally. Wait, was that? That wasn't where I met John. No, it was Cashman. It was definitely Cashman. <laughs> um, uh, I got to the Art Institute for audio engineering. So I wanted to be like a studio engineer from for you know music, mm-hmm. live sound production, all that stuff. Um, and I feel that the education I got there could have easily been condensed to about. 18 months out of like a, as opposed <laughs> yeah. to getting a degree you mm-hmm. could have gotten a a what do you call those uh certificate of completions or yeah. a, certi- a certificate of like authenticity whatever it is right like that, that says okay Kim is trained in the art of pro tools and he mastered this software he knows these technical things about how to operate a mixing board and uh, running a console and mm-hmm. all that good stuff you know because there was a there was a program in in, in in phoenix i think it was uh, the conservatory of recording arts and sciences. Mm. And I think that was, I think it was either like nine or 18 months, but you literally went there and you got down and dirty. Like you got straight to work, you know, setting up a studio, recording mm-hmm. mic techniques, um, the technicalities of running a board and all that stuff and how to take up, take it apart, put it back together. And I think that is, is undervalued in today's society because everybody wants that degree. Right. They want that piece of paper that says, Oh, I went to college and I went to, you know, as opposed to getting the 
technical experience. I'm a, yeah. ooh, I just thought of something. Uh, it's like now we live in the age of like master classes and mm-hmm. actually being more hands on. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the best ways to learn. For yeah. Sure. So I, I say anybody, and this even goes because, you know, I produce music. Do like, you? Oh my yeah. God. So when I watch people producing music, that's when I learned the most. Like when I watch like Sam Gellitry or any of these cats, like producing music and mm-hmm. how like their workflow is and what they do. That's when I learned the most, mm-hmm. you know, that I never went to school for anything. So I c- couldn't really tell you. But from what I've heard of, um, I heard it's like, yeah, no, I mean, you can terrible. learn just as much and in a yeah. time efficient way mm-hmm. from a master class, from a nine month program. Like you can. And, and honestly, you're, it's I consider it better because you just don't want to waste time, especially if you're in the creative field. Like so yeah. many people are popping up yeah. and, you know, the more time that you waste you know, somebody else is going to take your spot. So I think yep. the quicker you can learn it and yes. if it's hands on, the younger it usually quick- sticks as mm-hmm. opposed to like textbook stuff. Like I learn more from just like hands on, like, you know, like psychologically than I do from textbook. I've never been like an academic person ever. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Cause Master like classes. think about it. If you, if you went to like a sound engineer that you loved and you loved his mastering and mixing and uh-huh. you maybe try to hit him up, depend on how big he is. And he's like, hey, I have 5,000. $10,000, nowhere close to how much, you know what I mean, college costs sometimes. And right. you got to sit with him for a week and yeah. watch him work. Not in you know what I mean? You know how much you'd learn? Yeah. yeah the, the, for a smaller bro, amount of money. There's, a, there's, a, there's a guy here in Vegas, uh, Tre- Trevor Mayfield. Mm-hmm. He built an entire recording studio out of his his house. He like wow. wore, tore down walls and it's a legitimate studio. Like wow. he's got hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment in, in his house. And it's like in a town home. And it's like, but he's, he has this thing where he's a really good, he knows all the technicality of how to put things apart, putting back together. Mm-hmm. He offers an internship program where you're like, it's $6,500 or whatever. I forgot how much it was at the time. But it's like, I'll, it's like a six month program. You come in every day and I teach you everything See, I know. I that's do that. I'm like, that, that's yeah. all. 6500 that's, right. that's it. That's cheap. Compared that's to 100, so cheap. Compared to $100,000 oh to and go to this debt college. that follows you? Yeah. No, hell Ooh. yeah. And it's hands on and you get more, you're not in a huge class full of like, you know, 30 people. You're hands on. Like mm-hmm. you're, it's personable. And yeah, yeah I, 100%. So you heard it here, y'all. Like, master like, classes. Master I, I don't know if you've, do heard, have yeah, you've heard of Sound City. The, the there's a documentary called Sound City no, that yeah. was produced by Dave Grohl. Oh, um, and oh. and yeah, you'll love it. Yeah. You'll, oh, you'll, really? you'll you'll love it. Yeah, it's it's basically there's a studio in Van Nuys um, in the 70s and 80s and 90s. I think he just went out of business recently. Um, but it was a studio where everybody recorded their hits. Like you're talking about Nirvana. Everybody. You're talking oh, about wow. you're talking about um uh, Scorpions. Um, wow. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Ario Speedwagon, like mm-hmm. it, it, all the major acts of the seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. they recorded there, and it, it's a tape based studio, so they, they didn't record digitally, oh. which is eventually what took them out of business because they refused to go digital. They were all tape. Um, Damn. But um, I think some of the the, the engineers that worked there they weren't necessarily they never went to college for audio they just like like oh there was an engineer there and i was just a runner i was just a guy who was no you know way. i was i was a guy who just carried things here and there brought lunch or whatever and eventually somebody left and i got bumped up and you know and now they're like record they're like world world renowned engineers like they're working with the best of the best mm-hmm. because they were constantly in that environment you know what i mean mm-hmm. so Mm-hmm. I do believe to an extent, like it, it you know, it's all about who you who you learn from and how far you're into. And of course, you can have those people who really don't care about learning, and they can be around it all day. They're not gonna take it to heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they're passionate about it and they care about it, it they're it's gonna show. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, awesome. I need to watch that. Yeah, that seems interesting because it's true. I think like the more hands on you have, and you just learn more. Because your most experiences from when you did those experiences. Exactly. Every live show you did. 
wasn't because you read a textbook before you went on. You right. had to experience that whole Ex- entire thing. The bads, the goods. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. You know? No, that's so true. And I think college sometimes can kind of when they when sometimes be a little bit too formulated on like oh yeah what you're learning you know too binary like no yeah. it doesn't work like that right right <laughs> well not not to get political but these colleges always have an agenda and it's always about making money for sure it's always like let's keep it staffed let's keep it going yeah the, the quality of education it's a, a lot of places especially when it's a private college it doesn't really matter that much right because so. there are those teachers and i don't want to like yeah subtract right. they're those amazing that personable. really love the passion and mm-hmm. creativity and they yeah. teach kids like mm-hmm. yeah you know so i can't minus them out i had one of those teachers in my entire academic career and it was in the from this eight from grade six to eight he was my orchestra teacher oh yeah i still keep in contact with him but he was one of those guys that genuinely cared about you right and wanted to see you do better and i those teachers save yeah that they save everything you know it's so important because yeah that doesn't leave you when you're 30 you're still like i remember my teacher she really helped me you know Mm -hmm. well because you think we were talking about earlier is the formative years it's the years where your brain's forming and it's kind of like you're most like more likely to remember those years because that's when they had the biggest impact, right? Exactly. You were yeah. figuring out who you were and what kind of person you were going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like where you, your parents are such a big influence in your life because they're oh, there yeah. for those formative years. That's very true. Um, let's talk about the fact that you recently released a new a new visual yeah. for Mr. E. Yeah. Mr. E. <laughs> Dope visual, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. It was um, fun. Who, who, was it, who was it that directed it? I had the name so, written down. So, um, Triana. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. She's an amazing uh, Oh, Triana Nesheva. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. And she and her boyfriend, Ryan Galvin, are... Uh, you know, work together a lot. And I had worked with him and he was the director of photography. Um, and he's incredible. He has just this amazing Alexa camera. Oh my God. All the, yeah, I don't yeah, know, but I know it's nice, you know? And, um, he's dope. <laughs> was, that, was that the Alexa in the background? I don't know. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> did, did somebody say Alexa? Yeah, oh my she God. Did. She, Oh, I just, <laughs> I was like, what else? <laughs> Sorry. That's we got funny. Alexa, everybody. If no, you're listening. That's so funny. That's amazing. I Cause I was like, is that the dog? <laughs> um, for those listening to the audio version uh podcast oh i just right. let him know yeah oh you did yeah okay <laughs> that's hilarious that shit does work <laughs> that's how you know um that happened to my friend's house the other day i was like Alexa. <laughs> um but yeah and they're awesome and so i worked with them uh as a team and then they just brought on like all these people you just don't think about how many people you need on set <laughs> yeah to create it you don't think about how much goes into it i was so how many be- how many total out. people were involved in that production oh my god i think they had a team of like 10 to 15 people oh, wow. for each day there you go it was just cool like and you really as an artist i really didn't think about it i was just like yeah we're making music videos let me chill i was stressed i was sweating you know 12 hour days like and and lots of money invested so um but they're awesome and they're they're awesome in the way when i say like lots of money was invested like they don't ask for much like if they think your product is awesome like they're just willing to use what they have right which is the fucking coolest thing ever because i don't have any money like because because if you were a beyonce and you needed that same production you would be talking about 30 20 30 thousand dollars exactly. for that production, and so they right? were able to really like give me top quality stuff you know yeah. uh, a top quality production um so that was super super cool i had a great time um it was awesome yeah no, <laughs> how did the concept come about for the video i was like on the treadmill one day and i was like what do i want for this and i was like <laughs> i think i should smoke a blunt and tell the story and there should be a couple like eating steak and having like this internal battle and that's how it and so i i messaged triana and i was like this is what i see and then i found a house that we could rent that was like super super retro and cool it was like an airbnb kind of thing yeah or no it was this guy he rents out his <laughs> house and he just like redid the whole house he's so cool and he does it for really really great prices and uh, i found it online the house looked very cinematic yeah 
Yeah, it was super, super <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, and so then we just did it, and uh, she helped me like continue the form of the storyline because I was just like, yeah, a couple like me smoking blunt, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But and then I just kind of utilized all my resources and tried to find like a cool car. My great friend Zara helped me with that, and you know. So there was a lot of pre-production that happened oh my god before you shoot the video <laughs> yes. how, how, how long were you like were you guys planning it before you months. actually had day one on mm-hmm. set months i mean months. months and it would get pushed back and pushed back because we would not because you're working with variable you're working with 20 people schedules right yeah yeah it, it was just ooh, it was see I, I don't even have the experience on that level so really? see yeah. this is the things i'm talking well, about. well i hadn't yeah. before either like i did one other music video and it's fine um but this one i was like wow this is a production mm-hmm. like and this was just a music video can you imagine a movie like jesus oh, yeah. Yo, like storyboards take years sometimes. Yes, years. That is not I'm like, joke. what? And you like, just don't think. Yeah. You're like, this looks cool. Like, this is visually like stimulating, but like, th- there is work. Yeah. I commend filmmakers for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, look how long they took it to do Incredibles 2. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick, you know, uh, for what's that Monster Inc., the high school? Remember that? Uh, one? Monster University. Monster oh, University. Yeah, yeah. Did you know they said uh, if they didn't have the rendering power that they did, like a normal commu- computer that day? Would it t- one one frame would it took I think like a week long to Jesus render out. They said like fifteen hundred years it would have took if you tried to render out no the whole way. music. Yeah, on a on a regular wow. computer. On a regular computer. Oh my god. Because they have these monster computers. But well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well when you're talking about companies like Disney and Pixar they and they're have making a whole toy stores. Warehouse full of computers they, right there. Yeah. They have something called render farms. Okay. Which is basically your computer that's like connected to this multiple computers multiple right? so network computer, of computers yeah computing power and then you you and then instead of like you, like if you have your laptop or your phone instead of using the processing power on that device imagine having a whole factory of computers and you use it all simultaneously so you, you're using that power wow. to, to render out your frames you that's know? crazy because i know like i've had to wait hours for something to render out really? like for, for like a 30 second clip i've had to wait hours yeah, like 3D animation if you're doing animation too? Oh my Jeez. gosh! And, and, that? and we're talking about something that's not even on their level. Yeah. Like, so that <laughs> yeah. mo- and that was all animation, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But what was that one movie that came out and it was like there was an Asian lead and that's what made it a big deal and it was like a, a murder mystery or something and it was all done on like the computer, like the visual, like what I saw on the screen was a computer screen. Do you guys remember? It came out like last year and it was like. Um, Somebody went missing, and I can't remember oh, who was in it. Oh, you're talking about uh, and it was all. And I read a, an article that said, "Does it say battle?" Wait, is, is, is it that guy from Harold and Kumar? Yes, yeah. I think so um, what is it? it was this movie. Remember it was the, like remember the Asian guy from Harold and Kumar? Yeah, what's the movie though? Um, oh God, it's his daughter goes called. missing. Yes, his daughter goes missing, and he doesn't. Was it a good movie? It was amazing, and it was all done so that I was looking at a computer screen, right? Like the entire movie. But I read an article that said the entire like one frame. Okay, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, one frame took like a week or something. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, that's insane because it took them, I think, a really long time to make the film because of how searching. Yes, searching. That's searching. what it was called. That cre- that movie was. Crazy. Yeah, I never watched it. But I, I always, thought that yeah, was so either. interesting because they were and they were showing like somebody made a, a a like three minute video of like showing how much it took to make it look like a computer screen like for every single frame. Yeah, and they were like, yeah, it took a week for <sighs> like, and I was just like, blows your mind. Crazy. You know? yeah. yeah, so crazy. I love the behind the scenes stuff. Me yeah. too. Because like, I mean, I love the finished product when it's already out. Right. But then when you find out the details of like, oh, they actually built the to get this set. one shot to get this one yeah. shot. They actually spent this much money, and it took mm-hmm. this long to do it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it makes you feel good because you're like, whatever. You know, you realize that things do take time. Like you know? Fast and mm-hmm. Furious, they that one scene where like the car is like driving out the skyscraper to the other skyscraper. Oh yeah, oh, okay. they they rebuilt the set like 
12 times. Jesus. So they're just rebuilding this set, this glass set. Yeah. And they keep running the cars through the thing oh and destroying these nice cars. And I'm yeah. like, You're damn, like, damn, bro. right. That, that's that, money for That spot. three second clip cost them probably like 20 million. That's crazy. <laughs> you know? It just blows my mind. It's crazy. Off tangent. <laughs> yeah. And you have to be a perfectionist to even be in that field, I feel. Cause like you really, like they, you know, when you're on set like that, like even when we were doing the Mr. E video, like she kept going, okay, again, again. And I was like, damn, like she needs that many. But like, I was like, wow, she, mm-hmm. she knows exactly visually what she wants. You have to yeah. have that uh, mental capacity. It's just that. like when you're writing or you're singing, you mm-hmm. know, you're just like, damn it, gotta do it again. It's not right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that level of uh, master, master, mastering your craft. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful though. It's, it's, that's the enjoyable part of being a creative. Is like, right. it's annoying because it's like, God damn it! Like, is this good or should I just release it? Or, but it's just like, no, I'm gonna keep doing it until right. I feel right. No, for sure. So I gotta ask. So the Mr. E was from your most recent project, right? Yeah. What was the name of it? No, I'm actually just doing singles. So that just, I just. Oh, was it released it? Mm-hmm. But what was the name of your last? Because I was listening to your last project. That was Homegirl. Yeah. Homegirl. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Homegirl was okay. my last project. Now I'm just doing singles. I'll probably release another one in the next couple weeks. I don't know if I'm gonna do a video. We'll see. We'll see how. Feel. What uh, year did Homegirl come out in? That was 2017. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm and I'm. You know, a lot of people say you got to release over and over, like uh, more. And I'm, I'm, that's my, one of my biggest weaknesses, Yeah. but I can't write unless I'm going through something. So I'm very like, this is what I'm going through right now. You know, like I can't yeah. just release yeah. stuff. Like it just doesn't work for me. Right. Um, but now I have like a bunch of songs that me and John are trying to finish and I'm just going to like release them all year. I don't, I don't want to put anything in a project because mentally I don't feel like I'm in one headspace. Yeah. Like in homegirl I was, but now I'm not. Right. So yeah. just like, let's just throw this shit out. Right. That's mm-hmm. tight though. Singles are really tight. I like, Wait, so, yeah, I, I thought I would that. hate it, but I was like, this is tight. <laughs> I, I always tell my, 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 my buddy, Nate, he's a, he's a rapper. I'm like, man, you got to work on singles. Like if you drop videos and singles back to back, then make pe- then then when you have an audience then drop an album that they right. can enjoy you know what i mean mm-hmm. as opposed to you drop because i feel like it's also like a psychology of like if you drop an entire album people feel like they have to do more to listen to it right and if they're not invested in you uh-huh. they're not going to listen to it right as opposed to like oh here's a video it's already got a, a certain amount of views here you go mm-hmm. and people they're have more short attention spans oh yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah. to get them to listen to a whole song is like a lot you know no i totally agree with that and i didn't know that at first i was like i gotta make albums but like now i'm like yeah i think that's important because like you said you gain an audience from you know singles and 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 you gain more i think like whenever i release a single i think it gets more traction than like an entire album does depending but like that's what people actually you know because they have short attention spans they can mm-hmm. actually be like all right this isn't my favorite because when you listen to an album you kind of have to invest your time to be like okay i gotta listen to the entire the thing, thing mm-hmm. and like sit there because you can't just like skim through right you know right that's not what an album is no yeah so i can yeah. see why singles do a little bit better yeah with yeah, well, look, look, at somebody like, look at somebody like Hobson, you know, he just drops mm. single after video, video after video. Right. And it's like, I'm, I'm going to watch it, you know, mm-hmm. but if it's a whole album, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. It's out. <laughs> unless you did like a whole entire movie for your album, then that'd That's be interesting. Cool. Yeah, Beyonce did it. Mm-hmm. For the, cheat, the cheating album one? Uh, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> You're not lying. It was. Oh, that was so good. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. I, I loved it. it. See, the, again, like it was a full ass movie. Like you have to dedicate time yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about investing in yourself. Ooh. Um, I feel like. A lot of artists is, is one of, I mean, you know, us as artists, we're always looking for a way to like nickel and dime and kind of like, what's the, how can I do the most with the least amount of money or like, you know, um, 
how do you feel about people who who don't invest in themselves and what tips do you have for you know for what tip do what advice do you have for people who, who you feel should invest in themselves yeah um and what does that mean to you right i see i think there's there's investing energy there's investing money there's investing time you know mm-hmm. um and i think if you have that confidence and know that your product should be shared with the world that should drive your your investment there you, you know i ha- i've never i've never grew up with money i've never been great with money mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and so money to me isn't always the answer sometimes it's throwing out emails and you know meeting people and and taking that extra energy that you have and putting it towards somebody that could better your your path mm-hmm. um right you know and then and then it's sometimes working 10 times harder to save up money for you to produce something you, you know mm-hmm. uh i think it's super super important but you have to have that confidence in wanting to grow and some people don't you know they're like oh I want to make music but that's it like yeah. they don't have that extra like no i have to make me- people need to hear this you know mm-hmm. and i think that's what pushes you so i think if you can try to find that and mentally and say you know people need to hear this i'm going to do whatever i can to make it work then all the energy all the money all that stuff will come that's amazing you know, easily i like how you split it up into three different categories you said investing energy <laughs> yeah investing money and investing time yeah right if you can't invest money your energy and your time better be into it right? there you go mm-hmm. it's, almost like, it's almost like the pyramid <laughs> Yeah, no, oh, it is. If you have all three, oh. TED talk, <laughs> right? <with B-Roll. laughs> I mean, you gotta yeah. you gotta do at least two of the three, right? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, and like it, I'm not saying that anybody needs to have thousands of dollars to, because I don't, and a lot of people that you know just start out don't have money, but the time and the energy can bring you to money. It can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know, hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it's one of um one of those things I always tell people like, man, if you don't have money, then you need to be like on your social media right. hitting up 10,000 people a day. I'm telling like, you, man. You know, if you're, if you're not going to market yourself, if you're not going to pay for marketing, then you need to go out there and yeah, be your own marketing. You need to go out there and, okay, you don't have money to pay a graphic designer, watch a YouTube video and find out how to use Photoshop to make something for yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you Cause they're always going to be though. Like, you know, the, I, I can see where some people say like, Oh, you have to focus though a hundred percent into your craft. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you can't, certain people have adversities you know what i mean and mm-hmm. you have to face those adversities so yeah you have to suck it up sometimes and you have to right. do that shitty work right now because you don't have that capital exactly you for, gotta do all you, you gotta know. be your own manager yeah mm-hmm. no that's so true because people don't talk about it enough like mm-hmm. you know the music is so 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 important and the most important part but there's a whole bunch of other shit that you have to do if you're independent you, you have, have to, to wear a lot of best. hats yes and it's hard and it's so exhausting like i hate it you know but you got to do it if you care you have to do it yep yeah. What 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 do you think is one of the hardest hats for you to wear when it comes to being your own artist and having to do either your marketing, your social media, your songwriting, your recording, yeah. performing? I think just the business side of it, oh. social media, right. business, yeah. emails, talking money. Oh, oh, it just drives me crazy. Social media, honestly, too. I don't mind like posting pictures and like showing my personality. Yeah. But when it comes to like, you need to promote everything and you need to put money into promotion. You have to start targeting people it and just, doing all that. Yes. Because you know, like, it's a technical aspect. Right. And there's jobs. People like get hired for that. That's so like, like, if you're signed or, yeah, if you're established, <laughs> like you have all these different people doing all publicists, like you, you have so out. many people delegated out and that, mu- that must make it so much easier for for you to put all of your energy into the music too because mm-hmm. sometimes you get dra- drained and like I- i'll find myself doing all the business and then i try to write that night and it doesn't come out you know because i'm mm-hmm. just like oh like so i think yeah you you have to wear all the hats but it's it's not necessarily easy i don't have a, a business side a business 
head i just don't i have more of a creative one but mm-hmm. then it also comes to like when you're wearing all the hats and you're having to do the business side of things like i find trouble when i'm like let's say i have a meeting with somebody or i i'm like oh this person could maybe like help me out or you know push me into the industry in some way like it's hard for me to navigate whether or not i'm being personable and like not fake or like just like meeting with them because i need something so that kind of thing drives me crazy too Ooh. you know like i like i'm like okay i need to start going to la to not work with people that i know that are a and r's and stuff but it's like if i know them personally like am i just hanging out with them like to better myself, you know, I have mm-hmm. hard time with that too. I'm like, that I want to be genuine. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to just be like, you work for Warner Chapel. I want to be your friend. Like I want to genuinely like care about their life and not just want to better myself. But then you have to be selfish. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Cause like, like you said, like the business is usually something that artists have managers for or management mm-hmm. or some kind of person that filters that out because as an artist you just want to focus on the music you just want to focus on creating right Mm -hmm. but when you talk about money it's like two different opposite worlds right right um and we always talk about this too like you'll always see like maybe someone who doesn't have the best product but they have the greatest like management of it Uh and how to distribute it and they have all the right connections and you know and it goes down to like a a photography shop maybe you have a a business who doesn't have the best photographers or you know but they're making millions of dollars a year Mm -hmm. because they understand the business side of it marketing they're able to go into the right place at the right time like right that all factors into it you know and it's two different sides of the brain like it literally is isn't it like the actual business side and the creative side are two opposite sides of the brain that they don't oh wow yeah yeah i mean it so, makes sense that it is you know yeah. it's hard though all the avenues are tricky but that one is tricky because it's it's psychological but it's also business i don't yeah. know i think it's just like it's what you're passionate because there's some people who love technical business mm-hmm. work they're like i love trying to figure things out and right. i'm like that's cool that's yeah. like math like yeah. when some yeah. people love math i'm like Ugh. i'm like can't relate but cool <laughs> cool on you yeah but yeah but that and then that's their profession and then they mm-hmm. make their living off of that and that's great like i there are people for that reason like i think all labels need that type of person yeah you know mm-hmm. um uh, yeah but yeah so you heard it here <laughs> if you don't get the money you gotta kind of do it yourself God try your it. best mm-hmm. kill it you know but mm-hmm. gaining a little bit of capital a little bit of marketing can help your creativeness because that's yeah. the one thing i'm always i'm faced with i'm like that's why I'm trying to just hustle hard now. So when I start going back into music, I have a little bit ease of mind. Mm. You know what I mean? So as I'm saving so all this stuff and I can be like, okay, I can put a little money into it. See, that's see great what though. happens with it. You know what I mean? But I, I, I don't want to discourage people who want to try to make like a living off of music instantly because people do it right you know? it's not <laughs> right. impossible either yeah i just I'm it's lazy. great though that you know but it's great that you <laughs> can even like say that and sacrifice the time and know that it's going to better your future mm-hmm. you yeah. know like i have a friend in new york she's a dancer and she's like i'm gonna work two jobs for a hot minute make all my money and then i'm gonna try you know uh, and so not, i think yeah. that's what i thought of the second you said that because it's true like there's nothing wrong with that too there's nothing wrong with working hella like right now and then you know because age ain't a thing but another it ain't you know it ain't it really ain't (laughs) touch your word (laughs) (laughs) okay i hate you (laughs) Uh, let's talk about a controversial topic here Ooh, quality versus quantity oh we we talk about this a lot subjective (laughs) we want to get your opinion on it okay um do you think it's more important for somebody to put out quality content or do you think it's we live in a digital age where you said people have short attention spans and you got to just, if you can drop a song every week, you know? Yeah. Um, 
depends on the artist i think it depends on the talent because like if, if you're dropping a song a week and it's super emotional and amazing and people love it like fuck yeah like people are gonna love it like even like ugh, i don't want to talk about i'm not crazy about him but the xxx guy that passed away oh yeah all his songs were like a minute and he was just dropping shit and it wasn't like the craziest most amazing quality but people fell in love with it because it was mm-hmm. raw and emotional mm-hmm. you know yeah um but then i think there, there has to be some quality behind it for for me personally to respect it i don't know you know like yeah. I, yeah. I think you just don't want to throw out shit just to throw out shit like so i'm balance i don't know right. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's that whole thing because yeah you, you can run in circles all day long because it's subjective because like something yeah. i like you're not gonna like right you know what i mean something that i preference. like keem doesn't like yeah and that's just facts yeah yeah for sure i think it's yeah you, it's personal preference but i think definitely having just quality just makes people like oh like it makes people like more <sighs> yeah you can't cheat yourself right like when you work out you can't cheat yourself to like don't cheat yourself right like, let me damn do it. like 10 five minute workouts <laughs> yeah. a day like no you know like it's really it's the same it's the same idea you know but like there are people that are probably putting out quality projects every every week too right. you know or quality songs so but i think some type of quality makes a difference see and and, and i will say this though and especially in hip-hop right you can drop a, a new song every two weeks right or every mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know maybe it's maybe it's just me but my attention span for hip-hop is like if i like a new song it's cool but then I'm over in a week or two. But if I like a new, you know, and then I can get used to that. But when, it, but if it's a singer, there's, there's usually if it's a really good song and it's a singer like that's a produced song, I will want to listen to it for a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And let it really, let it really like live its like life with me. Like it's you know right. it's time span. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to a rap song. Like I and I was telling my buddy Nate this. I'm like, well, here's your problem, man. You're dropping too many projects, mm. and to, every project has like 10, 15 songs on it. Like. There's too many. You're dropping too much content. Which that is amazing in itself. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's amazing and it requires a lot of uh, energy Mm -hmm. for sure. But I think Mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's it's almost cooler and it makes it when you leave people wanting more. It, it make it's like people are like oh when like I need it you know as mm-hmm. opposed to like I have all this shit I gotta listen to it's like right. so yeah I think I don't know it just depends on your audience too. Good we'll answer. Mm-hmm. You never know. How, how do you respond to criticism? Um, I actually. <sighs> I'm super sensitive. So I could say that like, I love criticism, which I do <laughs> constructively. I fucking love it. Like, yeah. like especially from somebody that, is, uh, their opinion or uh, musicians too, I think is like, I mm-hmm. love like when John criticizes me, give me all of it. I need it all. Like, tell me exactly what you like, what you don't, what I'm doing wrong. Um, but there's some type of criticism that to me doesn't isn't constructive and you know especially like people commenting on videos and being like lose weight like or you know like oh yeah that's, I've had that, that. that's just hate that's right. not constructive or criticism like, right that's just, that's just being stupid yeah. right but I, I i think it's if if as an artist you respect who's criticizing you then yeah. like take it in and i also think anybody who tries to give constructive criticism they need to understand too that they need to respectfully say it so like there's a oh, way maybe to say it. you should try this not yes 
this sounds terrible. Put a snare in here. Like, exactly. That's, that's, your, that's your opinion. You have bro. to know yeah. how to fucking say it. And because mm-hmm. people really don't yeah. realize that. And it like if I've had a couple people like say something to me and they were trying to be constructive, but the way they said it made me never want to fuck with them. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, never right, going to listen to you. Cool. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. cool. You're not even, I don't like, I don't like the tone, but there's a way to say it. And yeah. I think there's nothing wrong. I love giving like constructive criticism in a, in a you can do it in a sweet way. A too. really sweet way. There's yeah. such a way to do it. Like, and it's all, I also feel like it's also, needs to be asked for yes you know what i mean like don't give me your constructive criticism if i'm not asking for it unless yeah. i say how do you like it yeah if you say if you say like oh yeah here's a new song like uh i like it but well, what do you think could, you, could be improved that's yeah. that's an open exactly. as opposed to like oh check out this new song i just recorded right oh i like it but this part right here does not really you know well, I didn't yeah. really ask for it. I'm, I'm happy with how it is. Right. You know what I mean? So. And sometimes it really isn't that constructive. Like, oh, the, this part doesn't sound great. Okay. What am I going like, to do? Okay, if, so if you're going to offer, if you're going to offer a, if you're going to offer like me, like, like something that's wrong with it, offer also a solution. Right. Yeah, right. How do you fix oh that God, problem? Oh my God. Preach. Everybody listen to that. Please. <laughs> Lord, because it's, it really gets frustrating. Like, especially when you want criticism and you're, you want to learn and grow and people are giving you half ass. It like, just yeah, like, needs a little bit more oomph. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck does that you mean? Literally, like, do you want to create it? <laughs> like, Show me I just, this. Right. How, do you, how would I do that? Like, yeah, I just, I can't. And I think I really do commend people that know how to give it because I love it. Like even I remember a couple of my friends uh, that are musicians and that aren't would tell me like homegirl. They were like, you know, it, they, there were a lot of filters on your voice. Like your, the rawness of your voice was taken away a little bit. And I was like, Oh shit. Oh, see, like, that's really I didn't good. even notice that's... that. So now me and John mm-hmm. are like, don't put any extra, like don't put too much on my voice. And they're like, it sounds more like you, you know, like that really right. fucking helped me and didn't say it in a rude way. And not those types of things, like just really, really help you. Cause now for the rest of my life, I'm gonna make sure I don't have too many filters on my voice, like taking away all the nuances and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but then there are also people saying dumb shit. I don't know. <laughs> Driving me crazy. <laughs> dope, dope. That's a good conversation right there. We, uh, we're, we're coming up on our time right now. Okay. Uh, but real quick, uh, what is something that you have coming up uh, on the horizon for, for your career? Okay. So my next single, I'm deciding when it's going to come out right now, but it is, uh, it's called wild and it's probably my favorite song I've ever written. And so John and I right now are just working together and releasing stuff. So okay. I'll be releasing that in a live session that we're going to like film outside. It's going to be super dope. Um, and raw. So that's coming up. That's my next project. But no um, dates yet. No dates yet. Yeah, I'm going to say not too long, though, because you can't, you know, I don't want to be waiting too long and it's ready. Six months. Right. Six <laughs> months. And I've, I've been there, but um, that's coming up. I'm super excited. And I'm going to try to be booking some more performances coming up in like, yeah. the summer and stuff, too. Good Very stuff. Dope. Yeah. That'd be crazy if we had somebody come on here and be like, well, I have a new album coming out in four years. <laughs> Give hey, me four years. I was I'm telling them. you. Salon Yo, just like, did I'm it. probably going to set a reminder right now. Four well, years. Me and Kim are going to do a short film in <laughs> yeah, two years. You're funky. You're <laughs> funky, whatever. Yeah. Funky fluids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our music, 2040, like you yeah, said. Yeah, 2040, for sure. <laughs> no. uh, where, where, where can people find you online? Uh, so I am brose.com is my website, and then brose music is all my handles. Yeah. There we go. Thank Consistent handles. Nice. Make sure you guys check her out on YouTube. Uh, just uh, you search B Rose, right? Yeah. B Rose music. Yeah, B Rose. Yeah, her B-Rose. new single, uh, Mr. E music video is out. Mm-hmm. Super dope. You guys should check it out. There's a lot that went into that video. Uh, but thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. This was dope. Thank you. Thank you. Dope, dope. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us, and we'll catch you guys on the next morning dinner. Later. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry.